Welcome back, everyone, to the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, John McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing, good sir? Uh, I'm incredibly stressed, Joel. Yeah? Stressed? Stre- I mean, Christmas is over for me, really, so that's mm. not isn't what, it's not stressing me out at all. Yeah. It's what we're about to do today yeah, is like, stressing me out. Yeah, so today's uh, uh, like no frills, nitty-gritty, get stuck into it, because it is that time of year. It is game of the year time. Um, recording this on Christmas Eve, so it feels feels like a, a nice poignant moment to do it, I guess. Um, <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, yeah, well, there's no, it's like, this is the cutoff. There's no more games coming out. We're good. Um, uh, and too bad if there is, because we've already got our lists that we painstakingly <laughs> It was hard. Submitted, yeah. So we should probably, like, we'll do a, we'll do a quick outline. Uh, we, we chose 10. 10 yes. games each. There's yeah. overlap for some of them, obviously, as I'm sure you can expect because there are overlaps in what we enjoy. Yeah. So it's mainly happen. towards the pointy end of things as well. The so top it, end, yeah. it's probably going to go, we're, we're, I think the plan is we're going to go game for game. Yes. Off each of our lists, uh, unless there's crossover and then we'll discuss them together. Uh, and then, yeah, once we get down to it, it's just going to be like a open fire on, uh, on, on our top games that we played. So, um, but I mean, I probably should start by saying, Fucking 2017, man. <laughs> yeah. I think at one point I had a list of like, it was ballooning out to 17 or 18 yep. games. And there are ones that I cut off. But I didn't want to cut them off, Joel. Yeah, I didn't. so many. Because I still want to talk about them. Because mm-hmm. there was so much good stuff oh, this year. So much good stuff. It's like you had to pick the cream of the crop. But it's like, that. even that was hard because most of the stuff that came out this year was so good. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you witnessed it. At one point I was like, good, my list is done. <laughs> And I opened up my phone to add it to like, so I could have easy access to it. And I saw my previous list of like games I finished this year. And there was a game on there that I hadn't included. So I had to like reorder my list and make a cut again. And it was hard, Joel. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I made my list and ordered it. And then I sort of threw my phone away. I was like, I don't want to look at it. That's, that's it. You know, but uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. I think it, I mean, happy as, as happy as I could be picking 10 games. Yeah, exactly. From this year. From this year. Um, all right. Well, I think we've uh, dilly dallied enough. <sighs> Do you want to go first? All right. You want to kick it off? So we're counting, we're counting up, obviously, right? Yeah. 10 to, from 10, 10 to 1. 1. Yeah. All right. Well, my number 10 is a little game that came out way back in January mm-hmm. called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Fantastic. Uh, the really interesting thing about this game, besides how good it ended up being is the fact that it didn't exist prior to the E3 before that. Exactly. So it was announced E3 2016, and they're like, yeah, it's coming out at the end of January. I honestly didn't believe them, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, what, this game will be out in, like, what, seven months? Doubt it. It's, yeah. And then they did it. They put it out. Like, they had the little demo that could have been done a bit better, but, like, ultimately the final game came out January, and, holy crap, Resident Evil's back. Yeah, return to form. If there's one thing Resident Evil is like known for doing, well, now it is, I guess, it's it's good at reinventing itself. Like, we had Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 with fixed camera, pretty traditional survival horror. Right. And then Code Veronica came along and was like, oh, what if it was a bit more action-based but still fixed camera? And it was like this weird transition. And then we got 4. Yep. And 4, 5, and 6 were all straight up behind, like, over-the-shoulder action horror games. They tipped the scales more to action as yep. the games went on. Yep. Which personally, I've never felt more insulted. Yeah, as when I was playing Resident Evil Six, that game was 
absolute garbage. I'm sorry if you liked it, but it was like I hated it. From what I could tell, it felt like fan service, but done wrong. Well, it was because they were like, okay, how do we make fans happy? Let's just put every game in here. So you yeah. had like the Leon campaign that played yeah. like four, Chris's that played like five, and then Wesker Juniors that played like garbage, I guess. And then Wesker there was Junior. Oh, then there God. was the Ada Wong one that basically sort of catered towards Resident Evil Revelations fans and right. Yeah, what a mess. Like pick a direction. And thankfully, with Resident Evil Seven, they did that. They took the camera, they stuck it in your in the protagonist's eyeballs, so mm-hmm. we're in first person perspective. Had the sort of single locale that I really like in a lot of these games. Like yep. in a horror game, especially, it's nice to sort of have one environment that maybe you you know straight like span out and find newer areas, but yeah. really getting comfortable. It makes it like that that sense of claustrophobia as well. It's like makes it really enclosed, like you know, yeah. constricted almost. Yeah, like as much as I like Resident Evil Four. And it's not exclusively that, but as far as comparisons go, that's the one I immediately jump to. Like, yep. you sort of move through. You do spend time in the zones, but you move through. You go from, like, the yep. village to the castle to the island. Because, like, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is a good game. It is. It's just maybe not so much in the Resident Evil scheme of things, really. It was sort of, like, on the fence almost, I guess. Yeah, like, it was good, but, like, what it ended up doing to the Resident Evil franchise, I will always begrudge it a little bit. Yeah. As good as it is, it's... It was the one that made me go, what if we just made an action horror? Yeah. It's like, no, oh God, what happened? And I think because people like were so open to it and were so like, this is great. Yeah, we really like this. And they're like, cool, you want more of that? And then they just ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, yeah, Resident Evil 7 is back to the to the more traditional survival horror. Um, the, the story wasn't really what grabbed me. But again, that's usually the case in Resident Evil. It's all in the setting. And right. the Baker Mansion was so engaging. And even the Baker family, like having these unique characters that in particular, I forget the, the dad's name, but like in the very early encounters with him and he's basically immortal and you're like, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, one of my biggest disappointments is they spoiled one of the coolest moments, which is him coming through that wall. Yeah. Like that's a thing I wish I hadn't shown because I knew it was going to happen when I got there. Of course. But it didn't take away from how cool it was, whereas it's like this character just destroyed the environment to get through to me. And yep. it's like, Oh no! And there are plenty of other moments in that game. I mean, I haven't played it, but like from what I've seen, like the stuff with Zoe, yeah, like oh, God. that that stuff is pretty, it's pretty intense. Nuts. In the, in the <laughs> yeah. Very early zone sectors with Zoe and trying to escape, and then yep. she turns on you and you lose a hand. Yep. And yeah, oh, did we mention we're full spoilers by the way? Oh yeah, full spoilers <laughs> for this game. So if you hear a game Except- you haven't played, you want to play. Skip ahead. There are a couple of exceptions. I will I will name drop them as I get to them because Joel hasn't finished them yep. or played them and I want him to experience them. Yep. So also we are going to be inconsistent on our spoiler rules. Yeah, so exactly. I guess get ready for that. Yeah, we're just making it up as we go. It's like yeah. the dialogue options way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Resident Evil 7, yeah, I still can't believe that they managed to announce that game seven months later, put it on shelves. It was really good. Mm-hmm. We just got new DLC for it, but I haven't played yet because I don't have time. But I want to go to it and play for a Chris Redfield story and maybe even like pick up the end of Zoe yep. content they put out for like I think it's like sixteen, seventeen dollars. Yeah. So yeah, just And the fact too that this game is fully playable in PlayStation VR. Like yes. that that I mean that alone terrifies me. I can't that makes me anxious thinking about that, just from what I've played of I played the fucking demo of this game, which there is video footage out there on the dialogue options uh uh YouTube channel if you want to watch me fucking just absolutely be reduced to a pile of mess 
And it's funny if you mentioned that, Joel, because honestly, after playing the full game, that demo is nothing. Yeah. That demo is nothing yep. compared to what you've like faced in that game. Yep. No, it's... No. I had a friend who played some of it in VR because he's got a PlayStation VR, and he was like, fuck it. That, fuck that shit. Just fuck it to hell. So yeah, I love horror games, but even me, like the idea of playing this entire game in VR, <laughs> it stresses me out to think about it because oh. there are some moments where it was pretty terrifying and if it wasn't terrifying it was just a point where it's like I want to look away from the screen for a moment in particular I'm thinking of the boss fight with Mama Baker okay which was just ba- it was essentially I'm not sure if you've ever seen it you may not because you don't like scary stuff yeah but <laughs> it almost felt like like several aspects of her design and like the, the encounter felt sort of Blair Witchy okay where you fight her in sort of like an isolated shack and she's just got weird elongated limbs uh, and like grabbing you through a window and climbing over the walls like some sort of spider woman nope it's weird nope and I was just like there were like a couple of them and she grabbed me got a good jump scare out of me and if I'd had VR on like that headset would have flown yeah exactly like, yeah, yeah. nope it's not worth the, the 400 $500 price tag that you're gonna have to pay to like replace a headset absolutely not fuck that noise I would like to try it in VR just for a limited for limited exposure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my number 10, Capcom's Resident Evil 7. Holy crap, can't believe it, it was good. Nice, like, that, that's an indication of what the year we've got, like, with a, a survival horror fan like yourself, is, like, the number 10 game on his list is fucking Resident Evil, like, yeah. oh boy. Um, oh yeah. Cool, alright, well, so my first, uh, well, my number 10 game, um, again, like any other year, this game probably would have rated a lot higher on my list, but, I mean, oh, Jesus. Uh, but that is uh, Guerrilla Games Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, wow. Like, this game, I remember I played it sort of after the fact, um, after it had come out, because obviously I, I didn't play it for another game that is on our list very prominently later on. And they came out so close together. Exactly, yeah. It was in the space of a week of each other, I think. Or maybe days of each other, I think it was. It was a week, but either way, like, yeah, exactly. they are big 100-hour open yeah. world games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's... Uh, I mean, I'm... Horizon's maybe close to about 40 or 50 mm. if you really want to stretch it out. Because um, I got the Platinum in that and I pretty much did everything that game had to offer for the most part. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, Guerrilla Games of, of Killzone fame. Uh, coming back to the table with a completely brand new IP. I do want to sort of hone in that briefly. Yeah. To be like, Guerrilla Games creators of Killzone. Yeah, Killzone. A gritty, like, essentially Sony's answer to Halo was like yep. a... Space Nazis. Uh, space Nazis. You yep. shoot Space Nazis. Space and Nazis. they go from that and it was like it was good. Like those games weren't terrible. I no. really like Killzone too. But they are they have a certain colour palette. And then you suddenly end up on Horizon and wow. it's just like okay. Yeah. They're capable of both. And also too, the the other fact of the matter is that it, you know, Killzone is like linear, first person shooter. That's what it is. This is third person open world. Like exploration game and and the other gift it gave us is the Decima engine exactly yes which we get to see a little bit more uh, of running the uh, running Death Stranding at the moment which is just oh boy don't even get started on that um, but yeah so I, I mean I jumped into the game and started playing it and I was like this is really good but it took me about maybe like a third of the way to about half the way through where it actually the storyline really picks off because obviously there's there's two storylines going on here because there's the current storyline that you're in and, and trying to resolve the character about Aloy and, and trying to find out who she is and, and she's trying to find out who she is. Um, and there's also the storyline of what happened to get to the point where we are at because this is a post, post-apocalyptic post game. Um, 
So yeah, the apocalypse happened many years ago, hundreds to hundreds of thousands of years ago, almost. And it's like, okay, what I want to know how this is going to, how we got to this point, and also how do we get to robot dinosaurs? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's really great, and I think it balances both of them really well, especially towards the end of the game. It really brings them together really quite well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned robot dinosaurs. That's the big sell of this game. It is, there's robot dinosaurs you can fight. You can hunt them down. You can um, lay traps for them. You can lure them into the said traps. You can go all out. You can use different... T- you can peel bits of armor off piece by piece. And like each of those bits of armor are different resources that you can use to upgrade things as well. And normally like resource collecting and stuff like that is like, all right, cool, go here, collect this thing. You've got it. Like... And that, that is prevalent in this game as well. There's like flowers and, and herbs and things that you use to craft potions and things. And and Alloy, Alloy has her her like, he likes talking to herself when you pick stuff oh, yeah. up. Oh, she yeah. does. And that was probably one of the things in this game that sort of took me out of it. Mm. But it wasn't, it's not a huge complaint, but it was yeah. just a bit like, I yeah, I know, I picked it. Yep. Who are you talking? Who are you talking? Yourself? I, I, all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like she's, yeah, she's directly referring to you, the player, which is a little bit too meta in this game. It doesn't, it feels out of place, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the first time you interact with something like a Thunderjaw or a Snapmore or any of those like giant fucking like Thunderjaw in particular, because that's like the biggest one in the game. It's T-Rex. It's yeah, it's vicious and it will hunt you down. It has different attack patterns and you've had to really think about how you're trying to take these enemies down. Um, and yeah, like by peeling back bits of bits and pieces of armor and exposing weak points, you can exploit using different types of arrows. Um, it was just, it was exciting. It was exhilarating. Every time I did that, I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of people didn't like the fact that there were humans that you fought as well, which I I'm, think might I'm have been on side there. Yeah. Like every time you had to, like, you would clear out one of the bandit camps, or whatever, mm-hmm. they were like the lowlights. Yep. Because they're not engaging to fight. And the melee combat's pretty average. Yeah. But I, like, it, like, it, as bad as they were, like, that would all just wash away when I would go around the corner. And like find some new robot dinosaur, like what the hell is that thing? Yeah, and just like like observing it to be like, what is it doing? Exactly, yeah, or not observing it, like the cloaking ones, which were my least favorite ones. Okay, the 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 robots, yeah. Yeah. Look for the telltale shimmer. Yep, that telltale shimmer, and then but usually it's too fucking late because they're on you and they're destroying you. Um, yeah, when I finally figured out like the best way to take them down, that was so satisfying. (laughs) And I think that's what that's a good point about this game as well. Like it is satisfying when you do figure out the optimal way to bring these things down. It's like, aha, I've got your number now. I've outsmarted you, robot dinosaur. And then Um, there's usually a new one around the corner. Exactly, yeah. Um I just with the human stuff, I actually didn't have like I didn't mind it all that much. I think it broke up the gameplay a little bit and I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I could probably I can actually see where people like yourself have that problem. Absolutely. Um but I don't know, I, I found like stealthing through those bandit camps reminded me a little bit of like Far Cry 3 and going through and clearing out like um, garrisons and things like that. And I quite liked that. So it was good to sort of have that little element in there as well. Um, but I mean, like the storyline, the character of Aloy in general is just awesome. Ashley Birch absolutely nails the characterization of her. Um, there's a really great no clip documentary they've just released about it's about an hour long or just under an hour long about the development of horizon. And it sort of like picks up from them designing like guerrilla games, designing like kill zone and how it got to them coming up with the idea for horizon and, um, and Sony being on board with it. Um, and yeah, they, they were talking about like casting for it and that they heard a few people and then Ashley Birch read for it. And she was just, they were like, she's Aloy like that. That is Aloy. 
Uh, and I think it's the best performance she's ever given in pretty much anything I've heard. I, I honestly think I've played a little bit of uh, life is strange and I do like her in that a lot. Um, but this, there's a lot of stuff going on in the mind of Aloy and in the world of Aloy that, um, she sort of really nails, I feel. Um, but yeah, like the fact that like, there's these two concurrent writing storylines coming together at the end, um, finding out what happened, which is actually really quite bleak and depressing as well. Finding out that like the people who were trying to like the, the, the name Zero Dawn, like Horizon Zero Dawn is like the, the project that they were trying to work on to, um, because these robot dinosaurs basically got spawned from like military tech companies trying to create like robots that would be used to fight wars. And they basically became sentient and wiped out humanity. I still don't like the name Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah, look, it's not a great name. It, I, when I got to that point in the story, I was like, oh, okay, all right, I'm, a little, I'm okay with it now. It's fine. It makes sense in context of the story, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, like those final moments with, um, I can't remember her name, but like the basically like the ancestor of of Aloy essentially um and her final moments it's and her team is crazy because you see it through like these like again it's audio logs and things like that but it's the way they're presented to you are like the the holographic ones are really great the like the video ones you look around yeah and you can like wander around using her echo to sort of see um see what's going on and see these scenes I really liked those there's some really great moments to do with that as well um, it's been a while, so I'm a little bit rusty on the storyline, actually, myself. But it's, I, I mean, I, I remember just getting to the end going, that was satisfying. That was really good. Leaves open, not, it's not super egregious either, the way they do it, but it leaves it open to a sequel. Um, but I'm okay with that, because I want to explore more of that world. And the fact that they turned around and were like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, six months later, there's an entire new like story DLC that's coming out. New dinosaurs with new dinosaurs and new new content in a new area. Like it's that's crazy. Like they basically I, I, in that documentary they say that like as the the day Horizon Zero Dawn launched, that's when they started working. They went into full production on that on that DLC. It's nuts. Those guys are crazy. Um, so yeah, that's my number ten game, Horizon Zero Dawn by Guerrilla Games. Big thumbs up from me. All right. Uh, number nine, Joel. So number nine for me is actually an indie game. Oh, it's it's. I feel bad. I still. I think back on my list last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't have many small games on there. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to remedy it this year by yep. playing more of the small stuff. And there's only a few on here, but the ones that got here were really good. Right. So number nine for me is What Remains of Edith Finch. Fantastic. By Giant Sparrow. Yes. So. Again, this is a small indie studio, and I, again, because you haven't played it, I'm not going to spoil too much. Right. But what I will say is, first of all, again, I always say this, never call this a walking simulator. Do not call them that. <laughs> I cannot stand that. It just sounds so flippant to be like, oh, yes, a walking simulator. No. It sounds offensive to you. It, it does. It, trigger it does. words. Tr- yeah. Triggered. <laughs> like, just it, how much harder is it to say, like, first-person adventure or, like, yeah, interactive exactly. narrative? Good yeah. God. But um, yeah, just the way this game sort of throws different gameplay elements at you whilst still having that very much like you don't you don't do a great deal. It's not a challenging game, mm-hmm. but the way it sort of divvies up a lot of the story sections with particular characters and a lot of the gameplay mixes up a bit, which you don't normally get from these games. Cool. Like I think back to other ones I played in the past, like uh, Rapture. 
Everybody's gone to Rapture. It's pretty standard. A lot I of walking. Need to play that. I've, really I, good. I've tagged it for. I've got it there to download. I just haven't played it. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Esther is another one that comes to mind mm-hmm. where it's a lot of it's like again you do walk around a lot you're sort of getting like reading a letter and getting like the narration over the top and all that yeah beautiful but like the way that this game just has little things that mix it up as well as still telling what I would describe as a really good story awesome I would I think it, did you mention it's on sale I think it is yeah it's on sale at the moment for the January PSM January sale I think it's like seventeen bucks if it is go and pick it up and if it isn't buy it anyway because yeah it's it's definitely really good. It's worth checking out, and I want everyone to play it. It's actually sitting in my cart right now. I, I didn't. Oh, nice. It's actually sitting in my cart, Good. ready to buy. So Good. as soon as I've got like enough money, I'm going to pick it up. So like it's it's there, ready to go. But I just couldn't squeeze it in before this episode. I was, so. I was so happy when this game got the nod for best narrative at Game Awards. It, it was up against a big, it was. stiff competition. It as was, well. and yeah, just good on them to picking it for picking it. Like it's it's really good. Yeah, uh, I don't want to say much more on that because you're going to play it soon. Yep. And we can, hey, we can talk about it later when you've played it. Yeah, we'll revisit it in the new year. Yeah, but everyone else, everyone out there who has played it, hopefully will understand why it's on my list. And right. I, I wish it was higher, but 2017 was crazy. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. I didn't actually play Unfinished Swan. That was Unfinished that was a, yeah, Swan. Unfinished Swan's Barry, yeah. one. I didn't play Unfinished Swan either. And I probably should play that as well. So maybe I'll do like a back-to-back that. And what remains of Edith Finch. They're, like, they're very different games. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm totally cool with that. I'm excited to see that because I'd like to see what their range is like. Yeah, and, uh, Unfinished Swan is... A very fun game. It's very cool. It's, it's pretty gorgeous. I love, I love the visual style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Edith Finch is also just incredible as well. Right. I'm so glad. Like, so I, I think I picked it up on a whim. It was, it was like a weekend. I was like, oh, I got the house to myself. I'm going to play like a... Sh-. like Essentially, this is like a movie game. Yep. You like pick it up and you play it. Like It's like maybe three or four hours long. And no regrets. It was really good. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. What Remains of Edith Finch by Giant Sparrow. You are my number nine. Awesome. Okay, this next one for me might disappoint you a little bit that it's so low down on the list, but um, number nine for me, Kyron, she's back. It's Metroid Samus Returns. Um, so, I mean, full disclosure, this one is my eight. eight. Number eight. Okay, cool. That's close. All right, that's fair it's enough. My, it would be my next one I talked about. And, like, that, again, that just stands as a testament as to how good this year has been. The fact that your, your number eight game is a fucking Metroid game. That's a Metroid ridiculous. game. Uh, and it's a very good Metroid game. Holy it is. shit. It is. It's awesome. Um, a great swan song for the 3DS as well, honestly. If you weren't the person who decided to go pick up um, Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon, which I'm not going to because apparently there's a lot of it, like samey samey to get to the new stuff. And I'm like, ugh. The new cool. stuff is cool. I know. That's but what. Mm, yeah. We have a Pokemon coming for Switch, so we might as well wait. Exactly. Yep. I'm, I'm, I don't want to burn out on Pokemon. I've, I've found that the, the last few years. Um, a few years ago when there was like a new game every year basically yeah, like a really yeah, new no, game I burnt myself out on Pokemon and by the time I got to I think Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby I just was like oh, I don't really care anymore yeah. it sucked but I'm back in it now um, but I mean yeah great swan song for the 3DS uh, a lot of people saying why wasn't it on the Switch this game was obviously in development before they were probably ready for the Switch yeah I mean to come out yeah Mercury Steam they must have started this game a while ago. Like, to have it for Nintendo, Nintendo to announce it at E3 in June and put it out three months later, mm. and like what they were showing at E3 was like it was pretty cool. much yeah. the finished game. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was. It, there was nothing really different from the, from what you got in the end. Yeah, um, and what you got is a very, 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 very good love letter to Metroid, and also for people who might not have been able to play Metroid Two. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it it fills in the gaps. It also sort of adds some stuff, which is really fucking it, cool. It adds some really cool fan servicey stuff. Yeah, and 
it is worth mentioning Metroid 2 on Game Boy is hard to go back to right and at the same time some of the shortcomings in that game are present in this game's DNA because Mm -hmm. granted it is a remake but it 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 does try to stay like true to the to the like the spirit of Metroid 2 so that's why you have unfortunately got the areas just like Area 1 Area 2 Area 3 you predominantly fight like Metroids in the various stages as you go through but there's Mm -hmm. not a great deal but and I've seen people complain about that, but maybe I'm alone. I really liked that cause for the same reason that you sort of enjoyed fighting the dinosaurs in Horizon. Like, you got good at it. Yep. And you really felt like it was Samus coming into our own as, like, the Metroid exterminator. And the payoff at the end is... Yeah. I mean, the payoff at the end is brilliant. It's the, like, Rid- it's the Ridley fan service. Exactly. Like, you know, one of the, what, two boss fights, three boss fights in the game that weren't yeah. Metroids? Three, I think. Yeah, there's only a handful. Yeah, so there's like, yeah, two or three of them. Um, And holy shit, that is fucking amazing. If we had like a list for like best moments, I know it's it's so cheesy and fans oversee, and you could tell that they sort of put it in there almost, I'm not sure if it was exactly an apology for various things in other M. Yeah. But it almost felt like it since other M is a game that stuffed up Samus's like origins. Yep. And her mess up with her character, making her a bit more timid than I think people expected her to be, as well as messing up Ridley's origins and character as well, like yep. making him some little bird thing that grew into Ridley. I'm like, what? What is this? Why is this a canon game? Get it out of here! And the, the fact that yeah, like that it gives like it gives context to Ridley's like motivations for taking the Metroid, exactly. and also like Samus's like because Samus, as like even though she her mission was to kill the Metroids. She didn't necessarily have to pursue Ridley. Or, no, no, she gets a Metroid back. That's right. Yeah. But like, she did not necessarily have to fight so dearly for it. But like that Metroid goes Ridley to, to protect Samus because it sees Samus as mother. Absolutely. And, and I really like the Yeah, that adds... That, I think I talked about it when I finished it. But the mm. context that adds to the Samus and baby Metroid story from Super Metroid oh. is insane and just makes that... What happens there is so sad at the end. And, uh, I mean, uh, that's another good, amazing moment as well from games this year. Is like, when you do get that baby Metroid, that it just fucking hangs out with you. You just get to chill. And you can go back and go access. There's, there's so many areas that you can't access without... I, I mean, I didn't do that because I, I was kind of rushing to, get to finish it so I could talk about it with you on the <laughs> podcast. Um, so I didn't get a chance to explore fully. Um but yeah, like going through areas that you literally like from the very start of the game that you can't access until you get to the end of the game. Yeah, and I remember doing those areas and going, "What power up do I need?" And I remember going back to them every time I got a new power up, going, "Is this it? Is this yeah. what I need? No, this isn't it. What do I do?" And then yep. you get the baby Metroid and you first see it go those particular blocks, and you're like, "Ah, oh, uh, okay, I got also, so much shit to do. I get to hang out with the baby Metroid." Yes. Yep. I love this fan servicey, but I love it. Um. I mean, it did have one of my most frustrating boss, boss fights of the year. The robot guy? Yeah. yeah I look, that. Digger, Digger Nord? Digger Nord, yeah. yeah. He... Oof. I, I, it is... Look, on paper, I think it's a really great fight. I think there are a couple of things that let it down just control-wise, made it a little bit fiddly. Controls in the game weren't perfect. No, no, no. I, I mean, they, they did the best with what they had to work with, I guess, with the 3DS. Um, the circle the, pad is... Like, as much as I love the full three aiming, mm-hmm. imagine that on an actual joystick. Yeah, I know. The circle pad is just not great for that. No. It's, um, it's still a great mechanic, though. It felt a little bit, yeah, impre- uh, imprecise. But, yeah, that that I liked that fight thinking back on it but while I was doing it it was one of the most frustrating things I've ever done because <laughs> I was like I know what I need to do here but I can't I think it's it just could, fucking me over it could have been fixed a bit I think Diggernaut 
himself just did too much damage. Yes, I think that's a good if, point. If yeah. they had just like maybe toned down that damage, I think yep. the fight would have been more bearable. But that's another thing about this game. Like a lot of the bosses don't mess around, and if they hit you, you are going to take a lot of damage. Yeah, it's brutal. This game, it's really tough. Um, in the early stages as well, especially if you you accidentally run into some of those like Metroids that you fight. Like, oh god. But there's a really great mechanic that they've added to this game as well that makes it a little bit easier to sort of counter oh, it, I guess. Because parry, had, yeah, they added a parry, and any time I did that and it was successful, especially in boss fights, it was so satisfying. Yeah, I again, I, I do see complaints. It's like, yeah, but I just felt like I had to do it all the time. I dug it, and I do also get the complaints that like when you do it in boss battles, it becomes just essentially a cutscene. Yeah, that you can true. you can fire for, but I don't care. It looks great. It looks cool. It was, and they weren't long. It was like. 15 seconds at most. And when I first found out, like, because you fire regular blast, like, say you mount a Metroid and you mash the fire button, you fire, like, yep. blast. I didn't... When I realized you could change them to missiles... Yeah. Oh, man, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, man, I'd fucking blasting them with missiles. Yeah. Uh, it was just such a great, fun game. Um, like I said, really fan servicey, and it was... I mean, we got a new Metroid game. We got announced and received it within months. It was yeah. impressive. So... I mean, it's low on my list, but I mean, again, that's why this year has been pretty impressive. So, yeah, it's just one of, again as much as excited for it as I was. I had an I would like to say an understandable level of concern when they right. were like, "Yeah, it's being made by Mercury Steam." I was like, "Ah, oh, I didn't really like the Laws of Shadow Castlevania games." I just I don't know about just because they were mostly just God of War rather than Castlevania. Yeah, not really my cup of tea. And I heard that their side-scrolling one that was, I think it was Mirror of Fate on the yeah. 3DS also wasn't great. But no, they did a great job with this. Despite the shortcomings, it's still a really good Metroid game. Plus, we got Metroid back. Fucking, yeah, Samus after, is back, baby. Samus is back. They asked for a bounty hunter. They got a legend as that amazing trailer states. <laughs> and we are now on the road to Metroid Prime 4. Fuck. And I'm oh. ready. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm keen. I'm super keen. Give me that collection on the Switch. One of three on Switch. Come on. Hopefully, like bring it out. I'm interested to see if they did that. Like, would they use the just the Joy-Con? Like, because one and two can be retooled to be on like a controller, but Metro Prime Three is entirely on the pointer of a Wiimote. Yeah, but I mean that is, right one's got the AR the AR sensor in it, doesn't it? Yeah, but how would that work if you were not right-handed? Is the good point. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it couldn't be done. If I could, it's just one of those things where I, I don't know if I can retool that game to be on a controller. Mm. Much like Skyward Sword, I think it's just, it's lost. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. I really hope they can try and figure it out. Because so I would like to play through the, like, the two games that I didn't finish, which was two and three. So I finished one. I love it because it's great. But, oh boy. But yes, number nine for me, Metroid Samus Returns. And number eight for you, I believe. Yes, was also Samus Returns. Cool. So does that mean I go yeah, again? Yeah, go again. <laughs> since, since that's my number, my number eight done. So awesome. what's your number eight? Cool. All right. So number eight for me is uh, the first of my indie... I've got a few on here. Yeah, there's a couple on here. Um, so this is the first of my indie uh, representations. It's a pretty big part of me. Um, but this one sort of took me, not by surprise, it was a game that was sort of right up my alley, but just the fact that they managed to pull it off and make it actually really like work super well. Um, and that game is Battle Chef Brigade for the Nintendo Switch. I believe it's on PC as well. Um, and yeah, so Battle Chef Brigade, I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Um, it's a match three 2D brawler set in a fantasy world that is revolved around an Iron Chef competition. Um, 
just again, I think I said this last time, let that sink in for a moment. Uh, it's just, it's, but the, the fact of the matter is they managed to pull that all together and it works. And not only does it work, it doesn't feel over the top. It feels quite grounded, especially in the storyline and the art style. Um, the art style is a really cool, like sort of sketched, like a sketchbook almost anime. The The backdrops are like half finished almost. Um, it looks really, really great. And as you know, I'm a sucker for a match three puzzle. It's a different kind of match three puzzle where it's like, you know, spinning a block of four around to try and match three, which I think is kind of like Puyo Puyo Tetris, I think. I don't know. Sort of, from what I remember of playing the demo, yeah. Yeah, it's, um. so yeah, it, it's it's a bit different. Um, but the basic, the, the, the way that it works is you go out, fight to get ingredients, and that's the 2D action part. And then you come back, and you use those ingredients, which get turned into like gems, and then they drop down into your pot or whatever you're cooking in, and you like sweep them around and make up a uh, make up your little fantasy recipes, your tasty dish, tasty dishes. Um, and the, yeah, like I said, the presentation of it all is really really great. So especially when you get into those arena battles, um, it is presented. If you've ever watched Iron Chef, it is presented exactly like Iron Chef. Um, so it's. Um, yeah, it has like the the Grand Master of the the Battle Chef Brigade, and he introduces it with like a speech about like especially like introducing the uh, the judges, the two competitors, and the ingredient, the, especially the ingredient part, because like like I said, if you've watched Iron Chef, they, the, the 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 host always has this big spiel about how he came to find the the the, the key ingredient for this week's fight, this week's battle, uh, and it, it's very similar in this as well, and it's very. It walks that line of being cheesy, but it's it's very charming, and that's what I love about it so much. Um, also, the fact that the game is pretty much all voice acted. Um, See, that's the part that surprised me the most. Right, yeah. <laughs> so there are some parts, obviously, like minor conversations that aren't voice acted, but every major plot point, every major cutscene and, and fight, there is voice acting. And it's good voice acting. I mean, the main character, Mina, is voiced by uh, the English voice actor for Ryoku from Kill the Kill, which we've both said that we both really enjoy that, even though you haven't watched the yeah, English. I, I, I haven't watched the dub version. I've only watched subbed. Um, but, but yeah, I've was, heard snippets of her voice, and she's good. Yeah, she's great. She plays two characters in it as well, and one that what like Mina's very nice, so she's very like lovely. Um, but there's another character she plays. It's a bit of an evil character, and it, it's just her Ryoku voice, and it's great. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's really fun. There are so you have the the, the battles. There's also the um, there's like puzzle mode. Um, because each day, like when you start a day, because it's basically set around like a calendar that tells the story over six chapters. Um, and each day you can go and do a puzzle section. You can do a, you can work in the restaurant, which is basically like trying to match a specific, they give you a specific combination. You've got to try and match that with the gems that you've got. Uh, and you've got to do it as quick as you can. The more you do, the more money you get. Uh, and then there's like a hunt section, which is like the 2D platforming part. Um, which the 2D platforming stuff is actually really fun. It's not just there just to go out and mash B and then get stuff and run back. There is like dodging, there is equipment, there is combos. You can like juggle people in the air and like combo them up and down. Um, you've got spout like magic you can use like uh, and knives. It's the whole package is just really, really special. And I think it's a, a really, really fun game. If you're interested in either of those types of genres of game, or even like if you've seen a trailer for it and you go, that looks interesting. I would highly recommend checking it out. It's um, And it's perfect for the Switch. It's perfect to sit on the couch. I mean, even though I played most of it on the TV because it was fully voice acted and I wanted to give it its 
do I credit. I can't play games as, um, as often as you do off TV. I just can't. Yeah, I, it's just my thing. The Switch is perfect for me. Like, I just... Oh, I mean, I've just been playing Enter the Gungeon again, and I've played just an obscene amount of that since I bought it last week. I just... Disgusting amount of that. But, um, yeah, so number seven for me. No, no, eight. Oh, Jesus, what number am I up to? Number eight for me. It's where I stuck numbers on. Mine. Exactly. I probably should have done that. I thought I was just going to be really clever, but I wasn't. Um, it's Battleship Brigade. Uh, I can't remember the studio that made it. What's on my head? But, yeah, I know. Rookie mistake. But yeah, very good game. Check it out. All right. Well, my number seven, Joel, is seven. another... I don't know. Do you, I don't know if we call them indie. It's Ninja Fury. Yep. So, like, they're sort of in the... Double A. They, they were sort of coining the double A phrase yeah. for it. Uh, but, yeah, it's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which awesome. is a game that came out for PS4 and PC. It's a game I picked up recently. Yep. And I haven't quite finished it yet, but I am completely confident having it here because what I have done in that game has been incredible. That's impressive. Um, again, I don't want to spoil too much because I know you're going to play it, even if I have to sit you down on my couch and make you play my copy at I'm some really, point. Oh, hey, look, I'm totally okay with that. We could do that later on. But, um, but it's just such a... First of all, I, you, people say this about some games, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a special game. Yep. I think it's a very special game. It's unplayable without headphones, in my opinion. Like, okay. if you, you, cannot, you cannot multitask when you're playing this game. You have right. to be willing to sit down put those headphones on and really engage in this world entirely because the the way it uses audio is just there's nothing else like it really out there that I can think of I spoke briefly about it last week I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. and yeah just the the setting that it is like the Norse mythology stuff and like the Celtic influences just basically make it right up my alley as someone who's really into both of those things right and like clearly Vikings are in right now <laughs> yeah so that's all, always a bonus. I think they're like they're almost on the way. I think I think Samurai is going to be the next thing. It's, it's coming up from under the know, surface. Man. Maybe. It's. I mean, I feel, I feel like Samurai's are, are there at the moment. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. I feel like Vikings are rising. We got Ghost of Tsushima coming, man. Yeah, I know. We we this year we had this, and true. we've got yeah. the Vikings <laughs> TV show going from strength to strength. Very true. So yeah. who knows. Come on, give me more Vikings games. <laughs> We've got God of War next God of War. Year. God, of God, of War. God of War is Norse. Fucking Viking Kratos, yes. We're going let's for the Norse mythos this time. But yeah, it, let's do it. So, so yeah, without spoiling it, yeah, Hellblade, absolutely on my list for just its use of audio, its world, the character of Senua is so interesting, and obviously all the stuff behind the scenes that made this game so special. Like, it started so long ago. I remember mm-hmm. the initial teasers and just yeah. going, what is this weird game? These are the guys who made DMC <laughs> and... What was that PS3 exclusive before that with the red-haired chick? Uh, Enslaved? No. no. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. It's going to kill me now. But it was like a launch game. Oh, um, 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 it's... What? God damn it. Heavenly Sword. Heavenly Sword. That's, That's the one. one. Yep. Yes. There we go. So, I was like, I knew it was something to do with a sword because like, yeah, they were saying like sword. Hellblade and Heavenly Sword. It was like, yeah. Yeah. So I remember when, like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, I guess that'll be like that game. So oh, so wrong. So wrong. And the performance of the the chick, who again, whose name I forget, but yeah, she won her. Um, Marina, I don't want to. I'll probably, I'll probably stop up the pronunciation. Yep. But yeah, she won her game award for best performance, and from what I've seen, deserved it. Considering like no background as yep. like an actor at all. Yep. Just sort of stepped into this role and Fucking just awesome. hit it out the park. Fucking awesome! Like it's amazing. This game is really good. Pick it up. 
I don't think it's on sale, but it deserves full price. It's not that expensive. Yeah. It's so good. I Yeah, it's on my list. I need to get to it. I so, really want to play it, but uh, I haven't got around to it yet. Yeah, so number seven, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice by Ninja Fury. Showing us that maybe we don't need those big publishers with their AAA games and their microtransactions. Maybe there is hope for these middle games. EA. <clears throat> yeah, way, way to kill loot boxes, EA. Yeah, fucking everyone's ruin it for on, everyone. Everyone's walking on glass now. Ruin it for everyone. But, yeah, this is just a good game. Awesome. It is. Awesome. Well, I'm going to continue uh, with my number seven and continuing the indie trend for me. Uh, this is a game that I was fucking hyped for as soon as I saw it. I believe I was sitting on this couch that we're both sitting on at the moment the first time I saw the trailer for it because we were about to record an episode and you were like, ah, Joel, you need to watch this. And I was, I lost my fucking mind. Um, and that is Golf Story by Sidebar Games for the Nintendo Switch. And holy shit, this game came out. I was so hyped for it. As soon as it went live, I downloaded it. I actually... I, I was working that night, or I was sort of I was playing a set at work, um, DJing, and I took my Switch with me. I tethered my phone. I kept checking to see when it went live, and as soon as it went live, I downloaded it then so that I could go home and play it straight away after I finished. I was so excited for this game, and you know what? It didn't fucking disappoint. I had a ball with this game, pun intended. Um, oh, I get it. Hey, uh, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's just holy shit. This is a uh, like a top down. Golf RPG, uh, very similar to a lot of people. I never played it, but a lot of people saying it's very similar to the uh, Game Boy Advance Mario Golf game, um, which had very similar elements of like these, like you know, upgradable characters and RPG elements, and like doing quests and things like that. Uh, and this game has that in spades: uh, the ability to, to just drop a golf ball anywhere and knock it off. You hit people in the face with it. It's just so much fun and then there's other things like disc golf and uh, mini golf and really great fun characters that were just it, it oozed the charm and i really really loved it you forgot the other type of golf what type of golf? the nes golf <gasps> fucking golf golf yeah golf man there's i want that golf shirt that's on uh the fucking the i can't remember the name of the site that's selling all the the merch for it um the fan gamer fan gamer that's yeah. it yeah um yeah, so, and it's all presented in, a, in an adorably amazing and vibrantly coloured, uh, like, pixel art style. Just so much fun. I enjoyed every single moment I played at this game. I loved the golf mechanics in it. I thought were fucking great, especially for what they were. Um, it did lean on it a little bit heavy, I guess you could say, if I had to criticise a little bit of it. Um, My main complaint controls-wise was sometimes, I love the amount of options you had. Mm-hmm. But when you were trying to like change the where you were hitting the golf ball itself, it was yep. sort of fiddly and hard to get like an accurate yeah it hit was, on the ball. You like, had to sort of it, it was a control scheme. It was a little bit unfamiliar, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just felt fiddly, and like I just wanted it to be a bit more like maybe even if, even if the cursor moved a bit slower, like was less sensitive, so you had yep. more control. But like it felt like you moved it an inch, and, and like, it was like you're over the yeah. You're like no, I just wanted to hit that little right hand corner no okay guess we're hitting the full right hand side oh look at that it's gone. <laughs> it's gone the ball's out of bounds but the best part as well is this is an australian game not only the fact that it was developed in australia that sidebar games are an australian dev team uh which is awesome because f- 
fuck yeah, it's awesome because it's an Australian develop, developer. What a, what a debut indie game. Absolutely. Out of nowhere. Just like, hey, we're Sidebar Games. This is Golf Story. It's coming soon. Everyone's like, what? Can we have more? They're like, no, you'll find out soon. And like, that's what it was like. Like, they, they basically approached this like rock star. Yep. They put a trailer out and then went quiet. I, I, I am eagerly anticipating whatever they're doing next. I'm like wide-eyed and just <laughs> waiting for the day they announce like, AFL story like you said I, I would say. play the hell out of an <laughs> AFL story I don't even know why but it would be great it's a very target market it's a very Australian game I heck yeah it make, it makes ah, sense overseas, but... I played so much of the AFL game on the NES back yep. in the day I used to rent that out all the time <laughs> but that's what's so cool about this game as well it had lots of coverage like worldwide lots of the people that we like to watch like like we both watch Easy Allies they were talking about it I watched a lot of kind of funny they were talking about it and super excited for it um and also, yeah, the fact that it was this Australian game, but it was also set in Australia. Literally. Yep. So the final shot of the game is like, you're seeing like, it was very Zelda-esque, like the, the credits of Zelda, like you go panning past all the worlds and seeing all the people waving at the camera and having fun. And then it zoomed out of the map of your character and it slowly zoomed out. And eventually you saw that the, the overworld map was in the shape of Australia. And I was, I had like a tear of pride that rolled <laughs> down my face when I saw that. It was funny because like when you were exploring the overworld, you were kind of like, man, this is weirdly Weird. shaped. And but then it like opens up like that at the end and you know exactly like, ah, oh, now I get it. Now yep. I see. It was just, uh, it was just such a, uh, again, we're going to throw special around a lot with this list because all these games are very special, but there's just something about it that was, oh my God. I, I mean, I mean, for size, I like golf games for some reason i have this weird thing with golf games yeah um i cut everybody's golf off my list unfortunately but i did play an obscene amount of that too 2017 man 2017 jesus but i mean golf story deserved because it did something it deserved the spot because it did something different and uh or something that hadn't been done for a while at least anyway and i I think even even if you consider the golf games before this i hadn't really done it like this yet in a long while it's just so charming i really like the characters I really like the art style. I like the gameplay. Everything about it was just a good, tight package. If you if you own a Switch and you don't own Golf Story, like what are you fucking doing? Get Golf Story. It's so good. Even if you, yeah, I don't like golf games. It's still fun. It's an arcadey golf game. It's nothing super serious. You can play it seriously if you want to. Um, it, it does have like a competitive mode. It does. Yeah, you can play like uh, yeah, you can play against friends as well, like multiplayer. It's man, fucking great. Golf Story, Sidebar Games, number seven. Thumbs up. I think everyone was waiting for when I was going to be on the list because it was, it was going to be there for sure. Just me ranting at you for like uh, 15 minutes about how much I love Golf Story. Sadly, didn't make the cut for me. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, again. Tough year. Tough year. 2017. And it was, it was good that it was represented by you. So it's not like it was not mentioned at all. I'll fly that sidebar game flag till I die. So for me, so that was your seven, was it? Seven, I So think, now yeah. I'm on six. Okay. For me, my six is a game that I nearly forgot. I nearly forgot this game. It was the one that I mentioned earlier when I was going back through my list of games I'd finished and gone, shit, how can I leave this off? So it's by, oh man, I can't remember the exact name of the studio now, mm. but it's published by Sega. Yep. It's Yakuza Zero. Oh yeah. I'm going to look it up while I talk about it. Uh, uh, yeah, this is a game that I needed to finish. So yeah, <laughs> this will be one of those games I'm not going to full spoil because... A lot of the stuff at the end of the game is really good if you are playing Yakuza 0. And I dropped the ball and haven't finished it, unfortunately. I bought it before you as well. I started it. It's almost a year since I bought this game. So that's the thing I want to talk about first of all with this game. Some games, you buy them and you play them, and sometimes you might drop off, and it 
becomes really hard to go back to them. Right. But I honestly, over the course of the last six months, just chipped away at Yakuza. Yep. I would, it, would, it would be a game I'd be sitting there going, I don't know what I want to play. Uh, maybe I'll play some Yakuza. And I would just dip back into it, knock, knock over a chapter or do some of the business stuff, like the side quest stuff. Yep. Man, that's why I didn't finish this game because I spent far too long playing that fucking cabaret mini game. The cabaret mini game is incredible, and oh, if they put out, because I mean, if there's a Yakuza mobile game coming, yeah, if it was just that, I would I, play it. Oh man, you, I, if it was a free to play as well, I'd spend so much fucking money. Exactly. On it. Like, imagine you could buy Holy like shit. packs of the girls. Oh, that's <laughs> weird to say, but yes, yeah, you yes, know what please. I mean. Like, yeah, the, ho- the hostess. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Yucca Zero, the best way I can think of describing it, like, to the lowest common denominator is it's, like, Yakuza anime. Yep. It is just Yakuza anime. Yep. So you're, you're a criminal, but you're a pretty good dude. Yeah. Like, but even the other, like, because you play as Kiryu. Yep. And Majima. Both of them are sort of shady individuals, but their hearts are in the right place. Exactly. That's what's so good about it, because, like, you know, the Yakuza, I mean... Yeah, because they have done terrible things. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure of it because they're criminals. But yes, it, it, it their whole system is based around honor, and like that, it carries over into this game, obviously. But it's so interesting to see how organized crime works in another country. Um, Even if it's a bit in, like obviously liberties for a video game, of course, yeah. But yeah, it's just great to see. Like you'll be like just any time. Like a woman gets harassed, and Kiryu and Majima are both like, "Hey, yo, that's not cool." Come on. Seriously. Respect women, mate. Yeah. Come on, jeez. Don't be an asshole. And, yeah. and you'll beat them up, yep. and you're like, you're welcome. Yep. Maybe, maybe respect women. <laughs> exactly. Or like looking after kids, and like like the, that guy who nicks that kid's not Dragon Quest game. Oh, yes. And you That's gotta, a great quest. You've got to do like a little side quest to go get that back, and that leads to more stuff. Like, there are just... This game is full of so many weird little side stories that you will literally stumble upon as you're one, mm-hmm. running around the streets. Like, you'll turn a corner, and it'll cut to a a scene of like a character saying something you're like what the hell oh it's a new side story let's yep. do it let's and, go and all those side stories always had like a poignant moment where you would learn a lesson like yeah there'd be a lesson it was like yeah it was like you know it, it, the moral of today's story is it was so like so preachy but I, it's in a good way it's like a, it's a wholesome game about crime <laughs> about organised crime it's amazing but then but then you go back in other moments that like what I've played like some of the fight like the boss fights against some of the the Yakuza members is oh, oh boy and then like the resolution uh, the, the very first one with uh, the guy that gets his finger chopped off oh yeah uh, I can't remember one of the one of the um the three billionaire no is no, he one of the three no no he's one of the like the, the lieutenants one of the lieutenants yeah mm. um Oh, you fight man. him a couple of times throughout oh, the game. He's boy, pretty... the second fight with him is oh, really good too. So that's what I also want to say. Again, it doesn't surprise me to like to have this revelation. Yep. But the voice acting, I mean, some people who say like subs are better than dubs. The argument you can throw at them is just like, well, you you don't know how like this is this is in Japanese. You can't really say that's better. But for this, I can say yeah. that I'm glad this isn't dubbed. Yep. Because all those characters sound so good and the, mm-hmm. like the capture on them. In some of those cutscenes, oh man, like Yakuza 0 is a game that, again, it's it's probably like 30, 40 hours long. Oh yeah. But I absolutely recommend you try to get your hands on it and play it. It's on PS4. It was developed by Sega as well. So it was developed and published by ah, Sega. Ah, okay. According to the Wikipedia page. Uh, reliable Sega. source of information, I'm sure. Sega coming through with the goods. Yeah. Who would have thought? Like, they're, they're slowly finding their feet. Yeah. Between like... 
a Sonic fan game, Yakuza. I mean, like this is and this... picking up Atlas as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this Yakuza game is really impressive because, like, this is the, the first one to really sort of make a big splash in the West. in the West, and I think that's exciting because now we've got. Kiwami and when Kiwami 2 is coming and then Sticks is coming next year as well like they're like oh cool people like this and all right get, go here's, really here's more Yakuza go for it here we go we got we got plenty lined up and um yeah really good stuff I'm, I'm gonna finish it I want to play do, it now like you got it like because Yakuza 0 the combat's fun mm-hmm. at, and I remember very early on I was worried it was gonna get stale but ah uh, you know what even if you're just using the same moves it's just it's just great it's fun they're always fun I meant breakdancing Fuck yeah. Oh, Marshima wins. Yeah. Marshima wins the combat game just because of his breakdance fight style, his baseball bat fight style. Oh, yeah. And if you complete the cabaret mini game, he it unlocks a new style for him, and it's also incredibly cool. All right. So those are the rewards for doing uh, the, their full job quests. You'll okay. get uh, a new fight style, which I, I didn't realize at the time, because okay. I was just like, oh, this is cool. Then I played, I booted up Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of the first Yakuza, and... The styles you unlock for both of them are like their primary styles. Oh, that's so, cool. Not really a spoiler, I guess. You can figure it, but like for, for Kiryu, it's the dragon of Dojima. Of course, yep. And yeah, and you're just like, oh wow, I had to work really hard to unlock this in Yakuza 0. Imagine playing this as someone who played the Yakuza series. That would be really cool to go yep. back and be like, oh, I got it. I got the dragon style. I, I, I've i seen the origins of where yeah. I get it. That's so and cool. And yeah, Majima's style, again, like I fought him for the first time in Kiwami. Yep. I was like, Ah, I get it now. I understand why that right. was his style. It's very cool. Neat rewards for going to the very end of those quest lines. It made it hard to go back to any of other, like Marjima's other styles because he's <laughs> he's the one you unlock is just a best. It's so good, awesome. Oh, man, uh, but yeah, Yakuza Zero. Like I never played a Yakuza game before this, and then out of nowhere, this was. You picked it up. You told me it was good. Mm-hmm. Again, I heard a lot of talk from Easy Allies about it, like yep. from Ben Moore in particular. Yep. And Huber, both big yep. fans of the Yakuza series. Championing that. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it. And yeah, I am so glad because now I'm, I'm playing Kiwami. I'm going to play the hell out of six when it comes out next year in March. Even if there's like a four game skip I'll miss out on, I'm sure they'll all get remade. We're getting Kiwami too. Yep. It's worth mentioning, Joel. Don't forget. Kiwami means extreme. Kiwami means extreme. It means extreme. Yakuza Extreme. Extreme. <laughs> Fucking, oh God, it's so ridiculous. And I, 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 but wholesomely good as well. I, yeah. I love it. So it, I, I, before I wrap up this, like, don't feel too pressured by the time, like 30, 40 hours to play this. Like that's if you want to do a lot of stuff. You can probably pretty comfortably beeline the story yeah. much quicker than that. I think it was only like maybe 16, 17 chapters long. Yeah. And granted, you'll want to do a bit of extra stuff to sort of get some st- like some experience, some cash to invest in yourself, which is actually yep. how you level up, which I, I love. love that. All your abilities are purchased with money because, yep. yeah, they call it investing in yourself. That's such a great, great. concept. Oh. And it's a wholesome game. It's a wholesome game. But, like, I mean, like you said, like, you can probably creep path through it, but you'll get the certain side quest, like, side activities that you'll just want to do. And also, I think, from what I've played too, like, at least playing some of the sub stories, like those are worth your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent worth your time. I think I think you'll get a lot more out of it and you'll get a lot more of a feel for the characters, like the two the two main characters by doing those. You sort of get a bit of understanding of what type of person they are. Um, just but how they react in some of these ridiculous scenes, like having to pretend to be someone's boyfriend. Oh like legitimately happens. Like it's ridiculous but it there's is. a poignant moment at the end of it that makes you go huh yeah. okay 
that was really fun. It's like, just, it's, it's really nice. It's crazy. This game is really good, and yeah, don't don't sleep on it, but don't don't feel pressured to like, yeah. oh, I've got to finish this game, I've got to finish it. Just take your time. Like I, I played it over six months, and I loved it. It's really easy to pick up again because like I don't. Every time I've gone to pick it up again, I haven't felt like I'm lost. I haven't felt like, oh god, what was I doing? Who was I talking to? It's pretty straightforward. Like it'll and. There's like recap videos and stuff as well you can watch and, yeah, and like, that kind of stuff as well. If you finish a chapter, like it, you'll get like a recap of what happened last chapter at the start of the next chapter. Right. And again, I won't spoil it, but when the story picks up, it's really good. Okay. It's like, I needed to know how this was going to end. Awesome. And I was not disappointed. I, I, will not, I will say this. The game dedicates like a full, I want to say nearly 30 to 40 minutes of just like stuff at the end to, to get you ready for the Yakuza series, really. It's just... Again, every time I was like, this is neat, but I don't really understand it. But I started Yakuza Kiwami straight away. I'm like, oh, I'm already getting payoffs from that stuff. Right. So it's like setting you up as a great entry point for me. Yeah, it really is. That's great. Oh my God. (laughs) Fucking Yakuza Zero. God damn, I'll go back to it. Yakuza Zero by Sega is my number six. Fantastic. Well, my number six game is uh, to deal with some pretty nefarious characters as well, to say the least. Um, Pretty recent. Uh, actually, well, I played it recently. Came out a little while ago now, uh, but holy shit, is this game batshit crazy? I'm of course talking about Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. Fucking BJ Blazkowicz and his ragtag crew of fucking like freedom fighters, Nazi killing heroes, fucking <laughs> Nazi killing killing heroes. Holy shit, this game, this game fucking blew my mind with how much fun it was. Um, so. I mean, it picks up after the New Order, which I finished earlier on this year, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, and man, what a story! This I I need a third. I feel like I need a third game. I think they need to do another game. You're getting a third game, yeah. And I think that that needs to be like a bookend. I think it needs to finish finish BJ's story because I mean he's seen some shit. I mean, I, again, full spoilers for this. So One skip. If you want, because like, this, oh, honestly, I haven't played this game, but I know some of the spoilers in this game, and you do not want to hear them if you're planning on playing it. it, it this game is batshit crazy. So, uh, but I mean, like, BJ gets fucking decapitated. He does, and his head reattached to a fucking like super soldier body, basically. And then you keep going. It, he, it's he, nuts. He cannot be stopped from his he Nazi. Can't be like, Terra Billy is like I have to say that cutscene where he gets where he gets his head cut off. I was I was glued to my housemate's screen for that. It's incredible, like just the way it all plays out. And you're you've said it yourself to me in the past. Like you are waiting for like, okay, cool, someone's going to come in and and save him. It'll be fine. Now, and then he comes down, and you just in first person perspective watch his head just sort of get cut off, just cut off, staring up at the the Lincoln Memorial. Like it's oh my god, this game. Um, so obviously, like I. I it, it picks up where the new order left off, basically. Uh, but Nazis have uh, have taken over. Like you've, you're sort of going into a coma game because new order finishes with you. Pretty much, like they could have just finished with that, and the game could have ended. Uh, the series could have ended there, and they could have done something completely different. Um, they didn't, which is cool. So BJ survived. I mean, the opening of the game, fucking you. You're in a wheelchair for the start of this game, like. And doesn't your health constantly? 
tick away? Like, isn't it? I think so. Taking, yeah. like lead damage. I think so. I think there's something like that in there as well. It looked like it, and I think that's a very cool mechanic. Considering uh, it's either that or it's either overcharge, because like overcharge is a mechanic. It just looked like it was degrading away, and I, right. if that is the case, I like that as a mechanic for someone who's like not great. Oh. You're in terrible condition at the start of that game. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, but like, I mean, to start off with, you in a fucking wheelchair, dual wielding like, like assault rifles. Blowing away Nazis that are coming into your fucking U-boat that you've stolen. Oh my god, this game just kicks off. And then you're like, how can this get crazier? And at multiple points, it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And it leads... I mean, if I, I guess that's why it's a little further down on my list, apart from the fact that the rest of the games up, coming up are just insane. But the end of the game sort of left it a little bit... Um, Underwhelming. The final like boss fight is a little—you don't realize it's the end of the game, but then the finale, like the final thing you do in that game, is just oh boy. Which I don't know if you've seen. No, I haven't. But I I'll... won't. I won't really say it there, just in case. I'll look it up after this. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna show you it because it's holy fuck. It's amazing. Um, it finishes the fight. I mean, like that because uh, it's obviously to do with um General Engel. Yeah. Um, finishes the fight with her. Hitler's next game, man. Oh man, yeah, Mecha Hitler. It's, it's gonna coming. Be a, it's gonna be a thing. Mecha Hitler has to happen, and I think it's gonna happen because this game special series... shout out. Like the way that this game features Hitler. Oh, like he's just like old and senile on and Venus. For starters, oh yeah, on, on Venus, Venus. Of course, yes, he's not on Earth. He's like, on Venus. Oh god, yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's just this de- decrepit old man that is slowly dying, and he looks so fucking pathetic. He does, and oh, it's god. so great because you're like, fuck you. Fuck you, Hitler, you piece of shit. Fucking Nazis, man. And that whole scene, like, is, like, basically the way that that goes is, like, you're trying to get these codes to, um, uh, like, uh, I can't remember what it is, to bring down the defences on General Engel's ship so you can go in and basically take it out. Um, and they're on Venus for some reason. So Because why, why not? Because the Nazis else? are in space. Of course they are. Exactly. You know, they have all this tech. So you go to Venus, um, disguised as someone because they're casting, because they're making a movie about... Terror Billy and how he got killed and how General Engel was victorious and how Hitler was so great. Um, which, by the way, is set up perfectly throughout all the collectibles in the game um, by the fact that, like, some of the articles are talking about, like, uh, like, you know, Herr Hitler is going to be appearing on uh, this show. He's a really big fan of it. And it shows that he's a fan of, like, movies and TV leading up to that point where he's actually producing this movie about the murder of... De- like, like the, the, the downfall of Terribility. Um, which is another conversation altogether. Like the collectibles in this game are just so great at building the world that they've built and, like, just adding to it so much. It's fucking phenomenal. See, those are good collectibles. Oh, yeah. And I read pretty much every single one I picked up. Like, it was just so great to read. Um, but yeah, you go to you go to Venus disguised because uh, they're looking for people to play Terribility. So you go disguised as uh, a character actor who is going to audition for the role. So you rock up there and you have to audition for the role of BJ Blazkowicz or Terribility in this movie. And it's in front of Hitler. Like this is a thing that happened in a video game that I played in 2017, Kyron. And it's holy shit, it was amazing. Um, it just got me so excited about uh, uh, like every time I play this game, I would just my jaw would hit the ground. Um, the gameplay itself is it, it's solid. I, I some people have problems with the fact that it's like a like a corridor shooter and all that sort of stuff. It's very linear, but how many other games? How many other first person shooters out there let you dual wield that you can think of off the top of your head? I mean, none anymore. Exactly. 
and it and it does it so well. It builds on because in the first one you could only dual wield the same weapon. In this one you can combo up, so you can have like my 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 favorite one was um having the uh, assault rifle shotgun combo, which is like you know get up close shotgun if you're too far away, hit him with the assault rifle, and it was just like having these different combos and like if you're finding like a big mech it's like i'll have one with like you know an assault rifle and i'll have like a grenade launcher so i can pop away at that take off some some armor so i can get into it and uh, destroy it that way but man holy shit wolfenstein 2 the new colossus number six again it's on sale right now it is yeah yes and i think it's like 39 dollars. and so is the dlc as well like the, the um the season pass which the first episode of that's just come out which i'm i'm actually think i'm gonna pick up because uh, I think it's like 22, 23 bucks for the um, and it's going to be three separate stories with, told from other perspective of other characters in this universe that you don't really encounter. I am on oh, the characters, man. Oh, like fucking Grace is an amazing character, like super special, and um, Sigrund, who's like uh, the the daughter of of General Engel. Like it's, and she's on your team and. I know it's, Grace is the, the lead, isn't she? Is, yeah, she's like one who like, always calls her a Nazi. She's like, yeah, exactly. constantly like berating her by calling her a Nazi. And there's a fucking brilliant payoff for that as well. Yeah. There's a great cutscene that, like, you know, Sigrun finally snaps and like basically like almost chokes Grace to death. And at the end of it, she's just like, "All right, you're fucking all right. You're <laughs> you're part of the team now. You proved your worth." Um, and it's just like I cared about all these characters. I cared about the main character. That was just a faceless, like a face on the HUD in the original Wolf 3D. I, you can play all of Wolfenstein 3D in the game that has its own save files. Anyway, I, I could go on forever about Wolfenstein 2. It's just incredible. Um, that's my number six game. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Well, Joel, we have approached the top five, where I think is where our lists almost entirely sync up. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, so number five for me is actually a game we did a full episode about recently. Mm. And again, uh, full warning, if you haven't played it yet, maybe skip over this because... I would absolutely skip over this yeah. if you haven't played this game. We are gonna, fuck number more. five is Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, Is this your number five as well? Yeah, it is my number okay, five. Cool. Excellent. Oh, Doki Doki fucking Literature Club. So... It's one of those games that I think is just starting to blow up now. Yeah, in like the it's, last it was, couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been a it's been a slow burn. Like when it first came out, I think people were talking about it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just something that's getting louder and louder and louder as time goes on. So that's why, like, yeah, if you haven't played it yet, I urge I, I urge you to play it before it gets spoiled for you. You have no excuse. It's about three hours long. It's free. It's free. And you have no excuse. Like you don't even. You do not need a demanding. Like it's not demanding on your PC. It's a visual novel. Like yeah. it's like it's. That's all you need. It, it. You need a something that can run. Like so, it's worth mentioning, but yes, by Team Salvato. Yes, which I'm pretty sure is a one-person. I think so. Studio? Dan Salvato. Yeah, Don Salvato. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very funny on Twitter as well. Yes, advertising <laughs> his game. Very, very funny. <laughs> And they have something else in the works now. Who knows what it's going to be? Who knows what oh, it'll God. be a carry-on from this? Or I like, can include characters. Who knows? How could you carry on from this? I don't know. Oh. Well, knowing the, the full conclusion of Doki Doki, like, it could be done. Very, yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh. Again, oh we, we, we spent a full episode on Doki Doki, so we probably shouldn't dwell on it too long. I the, think, yeah. Our key points from the, that last episode still count. Like, yeah. The way it sort of lures you in by going, hey, I'm a visual novel. And you're like, oh, this is nice and cheerful. And oh, got to join the, the literature club and pick a cute girl to hang out with. Except for the fact that it starts off with a warning that says, well, this yeah. game, if you're 
sensitive to graphic images and things, you maybe want to steer clear of this. And you're like, the fuck? And then the splash screen comes up and it's like this lovely music and these like pretty like waifus that are standing there. And you're like, oh, okay. I had my I had my guard up the entire time. Yeah, it was just like, mm, when's it going to happen? And then it happens and you're like, fuck. Yeah. God, I wasn't ready for that. And even though I was stop- warned. And then it doesn't stop happening. No. It keeps happening. It does. So like that moment and then you basically go back to the splash screen and from there the, the game is just fucked. It's yep. just... It's just broken and you don't quite understand. A character's just erased from existence and you're like, what? What? And just the rabbit hole you dive down from there. And then just the, like, the, inter- like, the options you have to like mess around with like game files. Yep. And then like you can, a lot of the, like, so each character that you interact with is in a, a folder called characters. Mm-hmm. And all of those files can be like, um, Change or like mess with to become actual things. You can basically you can decode them. Yeah, essentially. yeah. They're, they're, they are and reformat them into like different yeah. like like images and like links and it's just the arg in this game. Like, there's a full thread on it on Reddit. If you've yeah. finished it, I recommend going and checking it out. I still need to go look at a lot of it. Yeah. It's so interesting and like it's it's like it's like Five Nights at Freddy's levels of detail and and world building and and lore like, behind all this shit. It's crazy. Five, Five Nights at Freddy's like say what you will about the gameplay of those games, the world it builds like at least with the earlier ones. I think yeah. at this point I'm kind of sick of it. And it. Yeah, it's reached like the popular popularity level. I'm like, eh, I don't really care. It's anymore. like critical mass now. It's like, yeah, Ugh. but back yeah. when it started, it was really interesting to sort of dive into those games for sure and dig into the lore and go, what the hell happened here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other, like the other parts of this game where you sort of mess around with outside of the game itself really remind me of Undertale. Right, Which is another one of those games where you have to really play before you know too much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Doki Doki. Like, Doki Doki Literature Club. I just... I am shooketh out of nowhere, about John. that game. Oh. I, oh. I was pretty sure like a month ago I had my list pretty much good. And I played Doki Doki. I was like, no, this is it. This is in my top ten. The fact that a one man developed visual novel that's available for free is above things like Metroid: Samus Returns, a Metroid game, Horizon Zero Dawn, Wolfenstein Two. Like this game is nuts. It is. It is crazy. Absolutely insanity, and I love every moment of it. And you just had, and I also hate it. So yeah, like sit down for an evening, engage with it. And uh, makes... I'll see you on the other side. If you yeah, do. we'll be here with a, waiting with a hug. Yeah, for you. Free hugs for people who play Holy Doki Doki. Yes, yeah. But uh, yeah, number five for both of us. Yeah, so. yeah. Alrighty. So, what's next on yours? So me, I think this is like, these two are the same in different order. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So my number four is the Legend of Zelda. Breath of the Wild. Now this is my number three game by Nintendo. Yes. Oh, fuck. A, a game that was delayed so much. Yep. It was announced as a Wii U game. Yep. I remember that the key art we got, and people yeah. were like, oh, wow, a new Zelda game. Yes. Years later, we saw it at, like, the Game Awards. The Game Awards, yeah, like, two years ago. Off, like, mostly off screen. The game didn't even really look like a full game. Nope. The environments looked empty. And they were talking about how cool it was that the horse would avoid trees, which didn't really yeah, well, happen in the final game. Yeah, well, yeah. But then there was the E3 where Nintendo bravely potentially arrogantly we're like you know what this E3 we are only bringing Zelda only The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild it's the only thing in our booth mm-hmm. it's the only thing in our direct presentation apart from some of the Pokemon stuff they showed 
And I remember thinking, what? You're just bringing Zelda. Only for one that, game. That's it? Here we are. We've, it's came, it came out in March with the Switch, which was a runaway success. Mm-hmm. Already closing on the, <laughs> closing in on the Wii U's like life to date sales. Fucking yeah. Uh, but Breath of the Wild, essentially for me, like and like I think you're starting to see it from other developers, like reinvented open world. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I hate most about any open world game is when I get it, I open that map and I zoom out and I can barely see the map because it's all like. Things to go do, like yep. collectibles, or icons, pictures, things, fast travels, yeah. blah blah blah, and just and, and it was such a simple fix, Joel, because the fix was stuff gets marked on the map when you do it. Yep, you do a shrine, then it pops up on the map. It doesn't just mark and go, "Hey, there's a shrine here," and it adds to that element of exploration. So you you look at it, you look at the map and go, "All right, I've done a few things now. Wait, what's that little patch over there? I haven't." Looks like there's like there could be something in there, but I haven't explored something. That reminds me. After this, I have to show you Hero Heroes Path. I do want to see that. Yes. So Heroes Path is a, it, it, you have to get a DLC to get it, but essentially it'll trace your entire trip through that game. That's and it's awesome. fascinating to see areas that I didn't go to. It's like two hundred hours worth of. Like, I it's wish cute. it was in the base game. It's so cool. Yeah, but it, it's sort of mind-boggling that it isn't. But yeah, I guess. but I guess like they finished the game and they're like, oh, we'll throw in the DLC one. Yeah. But I think everyone should have access to it because. I've honestly booted up the game and gone to other areas because I never touched that ground. I spent like 150 hours in this game. This little patchy ground here, never went there. Yep. So, and that's the other thing I like about the exploration that I like. Um, if you fully explore an area, if it's a named area, you'll get the name. Like you'll yep. see like like Blank Lake or like Blank Island. Yep. And it's not really there until you sort of fully explore it. That's great. That's yep. so cool. There's so many things about... And the fact that, like you said, like Nintendo bought this to that E3... And nothing else. Nothing else. And everyone's like, cool, are we just going to see the entire game? No. They show us the Great Plateau. And and, that's which it. is the opening area. This game is fucking massive. And there is so much to do in it without feeling overwhelming. It drip feeds you everything so fucking well. The pacing of this game is incredible. I just... And it puts it, puts it in your hands. You pick which divine beast, which of the game's dungeons to absolutely. go and do first. Which you... I feel like is an indi- uh, a bit of a carryover from um, Link Between Worlds as well, where... It gave you the option to do whichever dungeon you wanted to do. You could even go far as back as the first Zelda, man. Well, that's it. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda. True. Like, in a way, like, it does, like, in the Legend of Zelda on the NES, like, the very first thing you do is you go into a cave, you get a sword, and you come out of a cave. In Breath of the Wild, you wake up and you walk out of the cave, and you're on that gorgeous cliff overlooking Hyrule. This almost feels like a reboot of the franchise. And it's like, you said that they reinvented open world games. They reinvented Zelda, the game they fucking made. There had been, like, for better or worse, Getting rather stale. So, I wanna, I'm want i going to go into weird, crazy conjecture. Okay. All right. It's nothing, probably, but it's what I hope. What I hope they're doing with this is, if you look at the map, there's heaps of things that are call-outs to various Zelda games. They could just be Easter eggs. But my hope, please, Nintendo, is that what you're doing with this game is taking all those stupid, convoluted timelines, getting rid of them, and going... Just channeling him into one. Because this game has... Makes sense. Has the Zoras. Yep. It has the Gorons. Mm-hmm. It also has the Rutos from mm-hmm. Wind Waker. Yep. And the Koroks from Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Those have typically only existed in the Wind Waker time. Like, it's, again, this is just... It's crazy, like, fan speculation. You've probably got, like, the red string on the theory yep. board going. Yeah. But please... The timeline is too convoluted. It's so... That you, fucking Zelda... That Hyrule Historia timeline is, like... 
it, it isn't even right, apparently. It's not right. It's not right. So, Especially now, it's definitely not right. Like, so they need to just, yeah, just throw it out. I hope that's what they're doing. I bet I, they're yeah. not. I bet they're not doing <laughs> it. Probably not. But that's what I want. Just get rid of that. I don't care. Just have one timeline. We don't need all these branching forks that don't need to exist. Have this one where Link, Zelda, Ganon. It's hard to think where Zelda's going to go from here. I mean, they started working on the next one, man. Like, yeah. Like, I almost said. It's insane to think, like, where where do we go? Where do we go from here? Um, but I remember, like, just talking about, I think, why I found this game so special. And I think a lot of people did, especially if you bought it at launch. Like, being being there on, like, day one, everyone jumping in together, everyone discovering all this sort of stuff. And that the fact that that went for about two to three months after the game, even longer, people were still discovering stuff about that. Um I, I, multiple text messages and, and conversations with, with you and our other friends as well that were playing it going, oh my God, did you know you can do this? Oh my God, have you seen this? Like throwing, when you get a rusted sword, throwing it into an Octorok's mouth and it would spit it out, it'd be a new sword. Details like that is insane. Even the recent discoveries like picking up stuff with Magnesis and making oh, essentially like blenders yeah. and using that as your weapon, like a like, spinning blade. Like one of, the, was it one of the boomerangs, I think, that you I could think throw? so, yeah, yeah. And you can sort of grab that with Magnesis after you throw it and you've got like a blender. Yep. And you just hold it at just enemies. Hold it out. Yep. Like, whip a snip up. I want to, there's two things in particular I want to give this game like special shout outs for. One is it has the single best use of the Master Sword. Oh my God. The, the legend of the Master Sword in this game is so, so good and you never get directly told where it is you just have to again like as a Zelda fan you'll have a clue and you'll see a place and you're like it's there it's gonna be in there and you and are, when you and get there you're like it's definitely here it's definitely, yeah. and then you walk up to it and you've got to have enough hearts to actually pull it out that is amazing it sucks the life out of you and if you don't have enough you die you it's die. like this is I love it and <gasps> like it's not like... And you don't need it. You don't have to go get the Master Sword. You can oh. beat the game without it. Yep. You can beat the game without doing any of the Divine Beasts. You can just go fight Ganon straight, straight away. Ganon, yeah. It'll be hard, but you can do <laughs> it. Yeah, I thought it'd be hard. Um, and the other thing is it probably has my favorite use of the Zelda theme as well. It's yes. very... It's used very sparingly throughout the game, but it really sort of kicks in the gear when you approach Hyrule Castle. Mm. When it's on. When you're going there to save Hyrule, you're going there to beat Ganon, and just the way it plays in the background is like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's go and beat Ganon. It's just I, oh. music in general in that game is used so well. And it's so sparing, like so sparingly. It's it's barely used, but when it's used, it's important. Mm. It's there is a it's a moment. Yeah, and it's so special, and I love that. It's such a it's a, it, you can tell how much love and care has been put into this package because they know that they want they want the fans to have this experience and to have this feel these feelings towards it and i think everyone who's played it for the most part like has it's yeah just incredible the only really complaints i would level against it would be sometimes the voice acting wasn't great yep i feel like nintendo Agreed. could have either cut no not, not really cast better just the, the direction on the voicing wasn't great i didn't feel this is baby steps for them though i yeah. think like, the fact that this is the first game that's gonna have that had the first in-house one because like, xenoblade yeah. had voice acting of course yeah the, the first zelda titles but though, even metroid has some voice acting yeah true. metroid prime well, we don't talk yeah. we don't talk about other m we don't talk about other m but even metroid prime 3 had voice acting right. in it from the other bounty hunters yeah i think like to, to an okay. extent maybe hunters did as well on the 3ds no, maybe I'm just no, making that up. No, Hunters was still silent. Yeah. But like the, the other Bounty Hunters in 3 had voices. Right. 
because I'm pretty sure Rondus was voiced by Vegeta, if I recall correctly, uh, and it was the best. <laughs> it's yeah, but I mean, just there are so many special moments about this game, and it was such a a perfect foray into the life of the Switch, and for, yeah, to to, to kickstart it. It's a it's a it's a necessity if you're buying a Switch for someone or for yourself. It's it's a must have game. You, it's a, it's a staple. You need to have that. It should be fucking installed permanently on every single Switch. Yeah. Because whole. I mean, obviously, it makes no sense because it would, they would make no money off it. But <laughs> like, it it it's it's amazing. It's incredible. An incredible experience that I will not forget. Nintendo went from the Wii U to the Switch like that. And the thing, this game, this game came out on Wii U. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah, this was a Wii U game. Yeah, this, I, and it still is a Wii U game. Yeah, you can, but you can still play it on Wii U, and I'm, it's still a really good game on Wii U. It's, it, it it had technical issues, like there's some framey bits, like especially in the Lost Woods. Yeah, a lot of it has been patched mostly, mm-hmm. but it still has issues. But you know what? Like for a game that looks that it looks good for what it is, mm-hmm. and it's the world is huge, and you can climb mountains. You've got a pretty good like view. Like, I have so many just snapshots on my Switch. I would climb a mountain and look over the horizon and be like, capture. I want a picture of that. Yeah. Just gorgeous. And there's a photo mode in it now, isn't there? Oh, it's got video capture, I think. Video capture. I thought one of the DLCs added a photo mode, but I might be wrong. I don't know if they've added photo modes to their games yet. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens eventually. Surely. It have to happen. But, um, man, what an experience. It's great. So great was your, that was your number four? Yes. And my number three. So you might as well take away your so four, which is my three. My number four, which continuing the uh, the Nintendo Switch special experience love hype train, um, Super Mario Odyssey. Oh boy! <laughs> this is a game. This is a game. Nintendo puts out Zelda in March, mm-hmm. and then a Mario game in October. They announce a Mario game and say it's going to come out this year, basically, don't they? Well, yeah, got dated at E3. Yeah. And they're like, yep, it's coming out this year. And everyone's like, righto, sure. That game's, that game's March next year, surely. You guys have not put out this like two big names in one year in a while. But they did it. They did it, Joel. And both of them are exceptional. Those maniacs. Exce- yeah, insanity. But they are, they are exceptional games. Uh, and I honestly think some of the best in both their franchises, obviously. I think... Yeah, definitely. Zelda's probably my favorite Zelda game. I would say Ooh, Breath of the Wild. That's I. I would need more time to think about that. I just it's I up think, there. I think for me personally, the experiences I had with it, but and uh, honestly, Mario Odyssey is um, Mario Odyssey is nostalgia done right. It is. It leans so heavily into what's great about Mario and what has been great about Mario in the past but keeps it fresh and adds enough new elements that it doesn't feel stale. I, I think it's just, it's phenomenal. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so it's one of those things where like the Mario games in the past have had like, you know, 120 stars in mm-hmm. Mario 64. I think galaxy one had 120. Yep. Mario galaxy two had like 240. Cause you, you got 120 and then yep. you got 120 again as Luigi, Luigi like, ones, with yeah. the green stars. Yep. And this has, like, you can max out at 999 moons. And I've had I've seen some people complaining. They're like, well, there's too many moons. There's too many moons. And I was tripping over moons. And I thought about it for a while. And in a way, it sort of it follows the Zelda design, really. Like, yep. there are so many moons that you can get to the goal no matter what path you really take. Mm-hmm. You can collect the moons you want. Maybe yep. there's a moon you don't want to get. Or it's too hard. Or you're like, this one's yep. over here and I want to get that instead. 
And that actually sort of makes me appreciate there being so many moons. They're not there to get them all. Like you can get them all and there's a little reward at the end and mm-hmm. you get like a little a little scene and stuff like that. And that's cool. But I like don't go breaking your back over it. Yeah. Because that's not what it's there for. And I think though, the, the, for the most part, there are there are a few that get like the, the, the process gets repeated. Like it's like do the same thing again that you've done a few that's, times That's before. been in Mario games in the past. Though. Exactly. But for the most part, there are so many moments that are unique. Like these stars are unique to get oh, Moons, moons are unique to get um and they are just incredible like it's you'll stumble across and go what's going on here there's a, there's a character over here doing something what, what he's doing and then you'll go off on an adventure that'll last like 15 20 minutes and then you're like at the end of you get a you get a moon and you're like huh you're like fuck where am i now well, what's that over there i'm just gonna go like holy shit like it the breadcrumb trail of moons is good it's insane and i think that's what works so well for it. i think having so many like you're right you can do as many or as little as you want. And yeah. that's, that's the beauty of this game. And yeah, you can go all out and collect them all if you want. Just, and you'll have a great, you'll probably have just as good a time as anyone else who doesn't yeah, do that. Yeah, you, you'll probably it. find yourself getting frustrated towards the end. Yeah. But again, it's not there. Like, you can complete it. You yeah. can, but and it's, just it, don't expect much out of it. It works so well as like a, just pick up and play for a little bit. It's like, yes. cool, I'm just going to go up. Oh, cool, I'm close to this moon. I'll go grab that. Cool. All right, got that moon. I've got to go now. So, cool. I'll head off. That's what I've been doing with it. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Just pick up and play, put it away. Like it's low, low risk, yeah, low stakes. Yeah, it's lovely. Like it, but in the best kind of way. Special call out as well to just the genius idea of, of like getting rid of the specific hats and abilities, yep. and just going. What if you instead just threw your cap onto enemies and used them yep. like that? And it makes oh. like it just makes things great. It ex- I remember first being frustrated with the swimming controls. Yeah, which are honestly. An amazing throwback to Mario Brothers One on the NES, right? Because you you sink in that, remember? And you got to like tap swim to oh, swim up. Of course. So that's what they are. They're like a Mario Brothers One throwback, Fuck. as well as encouraging you to throw your hat on fish because they're a fish. Yep. Why would you need to swim like Mario and, in sixty four when you can just capture a fish? And your water, like your, your um your air meter goes down pretty quickly as yes. well. Like while you're on, yeah. So yeah, capture a fish. Yeah. You, you can do that. Capture a cheap cheap and go nuts. It's just. The, the, the amount of like we talk about in Zelda like you know like experimentation and exploration it, that carries over into this game as well it's like I wonder what happened if I threw my cap on oh cool I'm that oh and I can do this oh my god I can like I can I'm a little woodpecker thing I can peck into the wall oh, and cl- like guys. fling myself up the wall or oh, even when you Amazing. start you start really grappling and getting the hang of like throwing your hat out holding it there jumping on it to jump further than like doing the dash jump throwing your hat again and just chaining that together like just little things that Nintendo just lets you do so much comboing and like like uh, wall jumping up areas in like some of the throwback areas in Mushroom Kingdom when you go into the into the the flashback to 64 in the garden where you would normally go to Boo's Mansion yep and you can like wall jump up and get like a bunch of coins it's like yeah we thought someone might go up here so screw it have some coins have some coins yeah it's just great they took into consideration that players will just explore fully so they're like coins and the amount of that again like very much like zelda like the amount of like references and homages and just love letters to the history of yoshi's in it man uh, yoshi's in it poochie's in pictures fucking poochie poochie's in it poochie you never get to see him in person but he's in like the some of the hint photos of those moons i hope one day hey man he'll be he'll be in the new yoshi game that's coming out fuck yeah because he's poochie keen for poochie i love that little bastard um but yeah, like it's holy shit. There's so much to do in this game. There's so much to explore. There's so much to love about this game. Um, 
we haven't even talked about the music, Karen. The two, the two vocal songs in this game are incredible. Incredible, and one of the best. One of them is to do with actually both of them to do with probably the two of the best moments in the game. The the New Donk City Festival scene is incredible, where you get Jump Up Superstar, which you've if you've seen any if you've been anywhere near a game shop, you've heard that fucking song because it's everywhere. And I was I'm totally okay with it. I'm walking through Japan, I'd hear it, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh so good. Um, I, but the yeah, so that festival seems really great as well. But the the second vocal song that appears at the end of the game, or the end of the main quest, I guess. Yeah, the like story. Air quote. The story. Yeah. It's not really a story, but like Mario's story campaign thing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 Um, you capture Bowser, and you go into Bowser, and you see his memories. <sighs> it's just I remember like that moment where like he's there, and like you fought him, and you're like, all right, cool. And then it's like we have to go, and it's like. It, Becomes playable again and out of a cutscene. You're like, what do I have to do? And like, Bowser's face down. He's got like the stars spinning around his head. You're like, what do I have to do? Oh, oh my god! And then you hit that button and throw the cap onto Bowser, and you're like, <gasps> I spent the entire game waiting for it. It's so. I good. knew it was gonna happen. I'm like, I didn't even know. I didn't I had even to feel think. like the, the just. Because again, Bowser's got his own hat on, right? And, and the game does a good job of going, "Hey, like if, if an enemy's got a hat on, you can probably capture it." Yep. Like the ball bills and point. the Goombas and all of those guys. Not all of them, but most of them. Is, like I'm pretty sure it's a, a tip at some point that yeah. they, a character, character says to you. So I was like, oh, I feel like I'm gonna capture Bowser at some point. And then that moment happened. I was like, Oh, here we go. And then you just you just smash your way through the exit. You jump into the eight bit part and like peaches on your back on yep. on eight bit Bowser's back, and then like the the, the vocal song kicks yep. in and it's just like amazing. And then you escape and Bowser and Mario both vie for Peach's oh, affections, and she shuts them. She down. shuts them the fuck down and like leaves them there and, and goes then, on a vacation. And then that, like it was it was a beautiful moment of Mario and Bowser just going. I guess we can put it aside. We are being a bit of a dickhead. Like let's. Let's put our differences maybe, aside. Maybe let's go go karting or something. Yeah, exactly. Like let's go, let's go, let's go have a party. Um, it's <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I, it, honestly, it took me by surprise that the, the Bowser thing. I I didn't even think about that. I don't know. I was just enjoying everything about the game, and it completely blindsided me. And I was like, I was sitting in a hotel in my hotel room in Japan when I did it, and I was just like, oh my, oh my god, this is so yeah. good. I'm Bowser. Yep. I am Bowser, and I'm just... Oh, my God. Such a special game. Um, Much like Zelda, if you have a Switch, get Mario Odyssey. It's like, a staple. It's you really it. good. It's, if, it's, it's, it's perfect for people who've never played a Mario game before. It's perfect for people who have been there from day one. It's Because you'll get so much out of it. There's so much to love, and there's so much to explore and see and uncover, and just little bits of uh, like Easter eggs and things. It's just such a great game. Um, he's my number four, but I thought Zelda was. I think I, I enjoyed Zelda a little bit more. Um, but man, it was my three. Beautiful. Both both those games are really good, and like it's just yeah, funny. Like it could go either way. Three, four doesn't really matter. They're both incredible and worthy of being in like the top five. Absolutely. Of 2017's Godie list from anyone really. Oh, absolutely. Um, but Kyron, <laughs> we end the pointy end now, and this is where we both we synced up. In the we've end. synced up here in the end. Um, we cheated a little bit because before we recorded this, as we were sort of fine tuning our list, I chucked on like a YouTube video, which was just essentially like a song from each of the best soundtracks of 2017. Right. And then we wrapped up by, I was like, no, now I need to put this song on from our number two game, which is of course the 
Weight of a World slash End of Yora credit song from Near Automata by Platinum Games, published by Square Enix. Glory Thank- to mankind! <laughs> Thank you, Yoko Taro, for giving us this wonderful, sort of depressing, nihilistic gift that, yeah. gives, that gives you hope at the very end. Just, I, I, I honestly, when I finished it, I was like, because, I mean, if you listen to us, you know what our number one's going to be, but you'll, we'll get to that in a moment. It's the other game that we haven't talked about yet. Um, but I, I knew this was my like number two game because any time I think about this game, I, I, I constantly think about this game. And every time I think about it, I'm just like, fuck me, that was amazing. I enjoyed so much, like every element of that game. Storyline-wise, it just it consistently surprised me quite literally up to the very end of the credits. And I mean, that's the thing for me. For like before we recorded, it wasn't my number two. It was like my three or four. Mm-hmm. But again, as we played that song, that particular song before we started recording, it had to be number two because that that thing, that part of that game, is the my favorite moment from all of 2017. I, yeah, that I've... that moment nearly knocked number one off because oh. as much as I love all the characters and the story of number of our number one game, like. Just thinking back to that to that point in the credits when you fit, when you're on your last ending, yeah, and you are facing the onslaught of all those, I guess, enemy ships, whatever, they are. like yeah. in the little like top down yeah. shooter mode in the credits where you're trying to take no, it's the credits. You're trying to take out the you're credits. Trying to take out the credits. So all the people on the, the who made the game. You're are trying to take out the you, development yeah. team, and at, like as you die, like it starts going. Hey, do you want do you want help? And you're like, no, no, no I'm no, fine, I'm good. And then you start getting like. You 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 basically accept eventually, because like I think it starts telling you it's like you'll never get through this. Yeah, like it starts telling you like you should just give up, basically. You know? And at, by the way, as you're going through, like little messages of of encouragement are popping up, and and you you say yes, you mm-hmm. say yes to the help, and then the full choir of this of the credit song kicks in, and you've yep. got all these like allies by your side as you're just shooting out the credits. And it's just, there's nothing like it, Joel. And the choir itself as well is the fucking development team yeah, of the game. It's made up of like, I'm pretty sure both Platinum and oh. Square stuff. And as, it, so they're not special, that's unique. But then I felt bad every single time one of my allies got destroyed. Yep. I was like, no. No, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a people. There's a people. Because here's the thing, Joel. For you to be one of those ships at the very end of the game, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I did we, I'm not sure we went full spoiler on the ending part of this earlier. In I the don't year. think we did. No. Uh, to do that, to be one of those ships at the very end, at the last moment of the game, you get presented with a choice. You get to leave like a little, little message of hope. Yep. Little, you you can or despair if you so you, wish. You can be. You can basically you get to like create from like some options that it gives you. Your anime line. Yep. You can either be like super encouraging. Yeah. Or you could choose to be a Vegeta-like dickhead and just be like, <laughs> really, dude? That's all you got? Oh, fucking useless. Yeah. Oh, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to leave that as like a, as a monument, really, to people who play the game. And then your very last choice to, to help, to offer your help, Joel, is to send your data away. Yep. By deleting your game. Yep. Deleting all your progress. Getting rid of it completely. Your, your save file is gone. You upload it and that's how you help. That's how you help. All those players that were with me that were getting taken out was just because some guy or some woman or some some person finished the game, sacrificed their save data. 
and that that it's there's nothing like that. It's nothing. insane. It's you insane. And then there's everything on the way to, the, to that ending. From everything like, that, that's just the end, like that's the be, very last part of the game. The very last thing you do, and that's my favorite moment from all of 2017. Yeah, but but also like leading up to that, like going through the different endings yes. and all the joke endings and like fake outs and just the just, twists and turns of that plot were just like when you find out that mankind's gone. Yep. Just yep. you were fighting for mankind. Yep. Gone. It's a recording. You, you've been duped. You've like, been bamboozled. Yora collapses. Yep. I, oh. And you've got to kill all those guys that were your allies. Uh, the start of ending C, of, of like playthrough C, is... Is that the one with um a... Is it a, a, two, a yeah. two, yeah. And like, you, you're basically, yeah, like, it's completely different. Because like, the first two, A and B, are like, start... You're playing the same story, but just from different perspectives, from 2B and 9S. So you'll see different stuff on your second run as yeah. 9S. Yeah. So, um, but then like, C kicks off and it's like, completely different. Shit's... Fucked. Everything's going to hell. Tubi's like, dead. Tubi's dead. All these enemies are like coming after you, and it's like, uh, it's it's essentially it's the second dark. Like, so imagine an anime. Well, Tubi, Tubi dies at the start of it. Like, it's yeah, uh, exactly. It's like, it's 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 that it honestly like the way it like as well as this. Like, when you finish an ending, yep, you get like a next time sort of thing. And I was like, we're going again. Let's we're, do this again. Let's go. Let's keep going. And it's, it's, it's so hard to like, because people go, oh, you got to play through it. Like, for it's like, no, it's one complete story that you see from different perspectives yes. at first, and then you get the ending piece of it. And it's like, it's so, so it's one giant story. It's just saying, like, this is the ending of this episode, essentially. And oh my God. Like, the, just that moment where, where 2B dies. Oh, and, sa- and says she nines. calls him nines. I've, I was like, nah, nah, I'm done. My, I'm broken. I am a broken man. Everything is done. Fuck this shit. Oh god, she finally calls him nines, and it's just because she. It, he's been like trying, like jokingly trying to like get her to lighten up to him all throughout the game, and that's the moment that. Just so many things, like the enemies being those little machines, and just the various things that happen to them. Yep. When when they when it oh, I forget I think it's in the very first run like yeah when. You are basically trying to escape from them as they're becoming, as they're sacrificing themselves. Yeah, they're, they're, they're becoming like a machine cult, essentially. Yeah, it's, yeah. And like, there's that song that plays, mm-hmm. and it's and you just the overriding chorus is the machines. Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're, they're Nick saying. And I, like, it's like, oh, something about becoming gods. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are all gods, or something like that. Something like that. But it's re- it's incredible, and like that entire sequence is great, and. All the stuff with oh, I forget her name at her village of the friendly machines. Um, so it's a P. It's a P. Yeah, I think you're right. Google we'll it because we'll I, I need names. to know. Because uh, um, yeah, like all the stuff that happens with her, and especially again in that la- in the last act in that final when you go for that last ending is A two. Mm. Having having to like erase her memory as a way of like dealing with the guilt of what happens to like those. Young Mich- Oh my god, this game is. It is like, it's it's like Evangelion levels of of despair and bleakness. It and absolutely reminds just me nihilistic of three because at the end, in the fi- again in the final act when you're going through the final ending is a two like there is just these random things sticking out of the ground and it- it's anemone, is the one at the friendly camp, isn't it? No, 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 no. But, um, at the other camp. Oh, Pascal. Pascal. Yes, there sorry, go. the robot, yeah. Yeah, so Pascal, we have to like, erase a memory and all that. It's oh. heartbreaking because all those machines get... Die, it's just... Oh, they kill themselves, don't they? Yep. Oh, Jesus. Yep. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, there's just in the, in that final run up to the last inning as a two, there's just random shit sticking out of the ground. It reminded me of like the end of three when there's just like the tower of dead Evangelians and there's that random oh. big thing they they pull out of the. Oh, I don't know, man. It's so weird, but the way it all wraps up and pays off, it was just like this it's, Nier Automata is one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> one of the greats. Honestly, it's it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's my favorite platinum game. Exactly, and we haven't even talked about the fact that it's platinum combat. Like, holy shit, this game is fun to play. I like, would, I yeah, I would just run around and just attack nothing. Yep. I the animations, the animations are just animations gorgeous. Are my favorite animation is the one with a spear, where oh. she would like kick it. Yep. Or she'd like twirl around on yep. it and then kick it at the enemy and then it would warp back to it. Oh my God. I just love, yeah, she does like the fucking, the, the Neo like slam into the ground yeah, and, and then like, like spit around it. Yeah. And then kicks it at the enemy oh, and then warps it back to it. But this game is great. It's so much fun to play. Oh. Number two, Neo Automata. Number like two, Neo Automata by Platinum Games. Holy fuck. I love that game. I'm so glad I played it. I'm so glad I went for through all like to the final ending to get that credits moment because yeah it's, n- nothing else got me like that did. This game deserves your fucking time. Holy shit! And yet, like, <sighs> sure, some of the open world stuff isn't great. Some of the the fetch quests you can do are kind of samey, but for every one of those, there's just a little underlying thing. Like you can do the quest where you go in the in the temple, forest temple area, yep. where you find the king. Yes. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like oh my, just yep. Or like that, like the baby when back when you don't know who A two is. Yeah. <sighs> uh, oh man, just play Nier Automata. Play Nier Automata. Hopefully you don't. Actually, yeah. If you've gotten to this point, and you haven't played Nier Automata. We're sorry, but still play it. We're still because like it. it's it's still worth your time. Fucking oh Nier Automata number two, but Karen. It was going to happen. Like, this was going to happen. We- this was sealed. This was sealed before the game even came out, though, Kyron. Let's this was, face it. This was sealed before before we even had a release date. Like, 12.01, January 1st, 2017. This was like, yeah, right, we know what game of the year is for this year. And that game is, of course, Persona 5. Oh, we finally got it, Kyron. We finally got it. So many years in the making. <sighs> Japan got it last year. I imported a, 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 the special edition because I was like, fuck it. This is like the 20th anniversary of Persona. I want that box. I'm actually getting emotional thinking about this. Holy fuck. It's so good. Persona 5 is... So to, to break it down, it's <laughs> essentially a 100-hour JRPG. During the day, you're a student. Yep. You go to class. Yep. You hang out with your friends. You answer questions like quizzes sometimes. Yep. You work at the you part-time do, job. Yep. You'll do like exams where you've got to like go back through the stuff you've learned. Yep. And be like, oh, what was the thing again? and pick the right answer and yep. then you would get like based on how you did on those exams things would happen you get like like skill buffs and things yeah yeah and then at night or like in this in this one you can sort of do it more freely yeah but mostly at night you sort of can After go school, yeah. to the shadow world where you will infiltrate palaces and change the hearts of various shady folk throughout the proce- progress of this game because we are the phantom thieves and we are here to take your heart oh and they took my heart Karen. Oh, of they course took they it and they gave it a big old hug, and then I gave them a big old hug. And I they, just, they were my anime friends, they are, and I still they, miss they them. Still are. I can see there's a copy sitting on the shelf right there, and it's making me happy. And over, and over there, oh, you are in a house full of persona right now. I just and yeah, that cast. I 
every time, every time a Persona game comes out, you're like, okay, yep. this is my favorite Persona game. This is my favorite <laughs> cast. And it's happened again. Persona 5 came yep. out. It's my favorite Persona game. It's my favorite Persona cast. It's mm-hmm. my favorite Persona soundtrack. It's the the perfect, like it's the best this series has ever been. It's it's the perfect entry point for anyone who's been curious about Persona and that series as well. Like one of four was a, four was a good entry point, but the thing I was saying this to you before, like f- five does everything that four did well, but it also takes the stuff that four didn't do great and fixes it. And it also brings in some stuff that Persona three did as well. Exactly. Where Persona four, you had your dungeon crawling and that was fine. Mm-hmm. You went through the dungeons for the various cast members. Persona three had that, like where you would do not dungeons, but there were mini areas right but the main backdrop of that was Tartarus which was essentially a randomized tower you would climb up and yeah that's been brought back in a way for mementos it's yep. not perfect the music is very grating and I wish I could forget it no no stop every second I hear that that's the only change and like the the repeated like dialogue from some of the characters in the, the dialogue band. was fun the first no. three or four times and then you heard it like 50 times you're yeah. like i'm kind of over this guy yeah. let's be honest here yeah like you know people like like but try to eat snacks inside of yeah morgana it yeah that's the thing like that memotas is the lowest point of that game and like so much of it is optional you don't really have to go there and it's still not like those are mi- like very minor grads they are like you know us nitpicking the game oh yeah but I did appreciate that that's how they handled side quests in this game as opposed to some of the stuff in Persona 4. Yep. We have to go like get like certain items. I thought it was much more interesting to have yeah. that revolve around you being the Phantom Thieves and changing hearts. Exactly, yeah. And I think too, like when you get the ability later on too to just sort of basically skip all the fights until you get to oh, the yeah. side quest. When, you you're, just... when you're really strong and enemies will just like die instantly yep, or run away hit, from you. You just hit ambush, 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 ambush and you're just like powering through this. Um, but yeah, man, I just... So the full story, Joel. We we can finally look back upon the full story. We can. Ultimately, it's so interesting the way this game starts off with the first villain being oh, disgusting. Yeah, he, a pig. Yeah, yeah, preying on students essentially, yep. beating him up. Fucking human scum, garbage. Yes. What was his name though it was K- uh, Kamashita. Kamashita. Yes, yep. Kamashita. So yeah, just the way he's like the essentially the PE teacher at your school. He beats his students who don't perform well in like, and he propositions others, the young female students. And it's disgusting. It's fucking horrible. And as well as the backstory he brings in with uh, Ryuji. And not, is it, is it Ryuji? Like he's involved with it is, isn't it? He knows. I think he's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. There are other people. Cause Ryuji hates him. Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think he's the one who kicked him off. Yeah. I think he originally. Yeah. But, uh, and just the way that you go from there, like they're not all great not all the villains that you try to take down are great like no. the mafia boss was the weakest I felt but he's the point in that story the point in the story when you beat him as well is a, is a like a turning point yes, in the story that's, which is, that's when things start to kick into like second third gear and it's like alright here we go now we're starting to get a bit of because you see like the the, the, ma- the other person in a mask Yes, it's been there, and it's like, all right, here we go. All right, we've got, we've been through the tutorial. Let's get, <laughs> let's get started. The game begins here. Yeah, like, man, I just, I think, yeah, what you were saying before about like uh, the, the 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 dungeon stuff in in four. Um, one of my weakest, like my least favorite parts about that game. I still enjoyed it, 
but it's very repetitive. Everything yes. is it's just corridor room, corridor room, corridor room. This had personality. Every every because, because palace had personality. All those dungeons and four were randomly generated. Exactly. So and that that's the thing. And this one they're all carefully crafted mm-hmm. and you might like at first I was like, Oh, are they gonna be samey? No, they're not. No. Because no. they're all fought out and that's more important than There's, like having a different corridor to explore. Exactly. There's verticality. Yes, you can you can go up and down and and there's like stairs and things. But you get it's, to actually be thieves, like you yeah, can, exactly. You can hide in corners and do dash sneak attacks. Yeah, and the stealth mechanic is awesome, like hiding behind. Yeah, like hiding and then like waiting for an enemy to come and then ambushing them, so you get to jump on them, so you yeah. get like an opp- attack of opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's just like going through all those. I was like, every time I get like you'd start off a new a new case essentially, and you you get a new target. You're like, all right, here we go. I wonder what their yeah. palace is going to be like. Oh. And then you get there, and it'd be related to what's going on. In like like for instance, Kamoshida's is like this disgusting love hotel looking well, castle, and he's like the king. He's the king of the castle, which is the school. And so he's the king of the at, school. At the school, he's treated like that. Like exactly. the school grovels at him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he's got, like, these weird, like, fucking BDSM rooms where he's got people, like, it's fucked up. And that was the thing that I sort of took away, I think, first that really took me aback. I was like, shit, this is this is the first one? Like, yeah, I mean, because I mean, Persona 4 didn't exactly no tip, like, it didn't play it safe. Like, the very first thing, like, you are introduced to a murder straight away. Of course, And the yeah. very first victim you know was one that Yosuke has a sort mm-hmm. of a crush on. Exactly. And it's like, oh, man, that sucks. But the- but for the most part, it felt very Scooby-Doo-esque. It, and that's not a bad thing. Like, I, I liked that element. It was just like, yeah, cool. I'm going to check in with my, my yeah, cool anime exactly. friends. And We're going to solve the case. That one was more about fight, like discovering the culprit. Yeah, exactly. This one was more like, hey, this guy's the culprit right here for this particular instance. Exactly. Maybe we can use this power can... to try and change the world. Yeah, yeah, and just the way, yeah. And as I said, like we're not all great, but I there's there's a certain level of like, ah, when you get to the end, and ultimately, the guy you're taking down, besides the god you fight at the end, exactly. because it's a Persona game, and you always fight a god. Fuck and we'll get to me. that. We'll yeah. get to all the stuff oh. that happens there. But the way, the, the essentially, the ultimate baddie at the end is a politician. Yep, like, that's that's real. Yep. That's that's what we're left the life we are living now. That's how that's real life. This politician who basically thinks he can control the country and take it in the direction he wants to take it. Yep. And just the way it ties back into he's the one who screwed over the protagonist and like got him in trouble with the police. And exactly. Is the reason for your whole existence being as troubled as it is? Like And also but like it's it's also sort of beautiful in the fact that he is the reason why he got sent away, which means he met all his friends, which means he got... So he was ultimately his own downfall, really. Which is... It's great. So it's great. And it, 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 in a way, it does feel similar to how that stuff plays out with... Um, uh, oh, it's not Dojima, it's... What's his name? Uh, Adachi. Adachi, thank you. Because Adachi has a similar downfall, really. He, t- he tries to kidnap all these people yep. who then you save and add them to your t- your roster of heroes so you don't take him down. Exactly. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. Oh, but I mean, like, there's... He's like... Like, Shido's the big bad. Like, yes. And then apart from, obviously, the, the giant the, god. Who, again, is um, sort of stable. You always got to take down a god, man. Exactly, yeah. You know, you got to do that. And the oh, whole man. So, we'll but that's the it. thing. This, the, right, okay, we probably shouldn't talk about it right away. Do you want to talk about the big twist where the timeline lines up? Yes. So... For the longest part of a game, for like the first like what seven or eight months, the game is basically told mostly in flashback. And at exactly. first, I was like, oh, I don't okay. really like this. It was a bit weird the way it sort of you work your way back there. 
but you, it also meant that when you got to the point that you're seeing the prologue, which is you attacking, like infiltrating the casino, you knew that you're like, okay. When you get to that point, you're like, all right, the timelines are syncing up. We're now. ready. Here now. we go. Let's get answers. And just the stuff that plays out there with um, particular characters and the whole, the, the, tr- the plan that you pull off. Because basically the Joker, the protagonist gets yep. captured. Yep. And they have to pull this elaborate illusion. Which, man, I just... It, yeah, it involves, like, you know, Joker, quote-unquote, dying. And that was the point in the game. I was like, what the fuck? I'm, I mean, holy shit. Like, So I thought I'd gotten a bad ending when it happened. Same. Uh, and then, because it, it immediately starts to play, like, a giant, like, a really cool, like, anime, anime cutscene. Cut scene. Yeah. Which, there are so many of these in this game, which I appreciate so much, because they're so lovely to watch. And it... And in this animated cutscene, it basically goes through all your your mates who you've been separated from because you get captured. And exactly. You're like, wait, did I actually get the bad ending? And it's all them hearing the news that and all reacting. He, you've died. It's 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 Ryuji. Except for the last part where Ryuji just goes, "We got and, him." And it's like, oh shit! I was just like, I only threw the control. I was like, yes, it's yes. Just, we're oh, we're getting into the third act now, baby. Let's do it. Let's, let's wrap, fight. Let's wrap the story up because oh. all the stuff. Oh my god, I'm forgetting his name as well. Go- uh, so that's a G. Go- go- I'll have to Google it. Which which one? The, which you're, the, you've got the detective. The junior- oh, Goro. Goro was, was Goro. Goro Akechi, yeah. yeah. Because a sketchy. Akechi, so that's, I, Akechi is a sketchy, and also <laughs> so Akechi sketchy. reminded me of a Dachi. A Vidachi, yeah. But to exactly. be fair, we also did have Yusuke, who reminds me of Yosuke. Yosuke. Yep, that's true, yeah. Um, but the story that unfolds with his character and Shido towards the end. Because, like, it, it, you, there are points where you're just like, I think I know where this is going, and then it doesn't go that way, and you're like, whoa, mm. whoa. stuff with Sai and Ichima as well. Yes. When you have to, like... Imp- it's it, it's so it's, it's so really layered, and I love it so much. And then you get to the final act, Joel. Yeah. You get to the final act, and this was another point where I was like, okay, now they've gotten a bad ending. Because essentially what happens is the cast gets erased. Yep. You get wiped out, and you're like, what? Yep. What? Because you find out the whole time and this is hilarious because it was so odd I'm like did they did they change a voice actor here yeah because throughout the Persona series you get pretty well acquainted with Eagle yeah in the Velvet Room in the Velvet Room he, he's the guy you basically deal with a lot when it comes to fusing Personas yep trade uh, you know just storing him in like and a compendium al- and almost like tutorial stuff as well yeah. like general tutorial yeah. stuff yeah and you basically usually sign a contract with him, mm-hmm. which will basically see you through to the end of the adventure. But you get to hear a great song. Yeah, he gives you the power to sort of use personas exactly. and access the shadow world. And like, like well, yeah, like he gives you he gives you the wild card icon, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Is that they call that in this as well? He wasn't a wild card, it's, I don't think. It was something. I else. think it's the Joker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's what it's because yeah. yeah, it's all it's all slightly different. Yeah, which is fine because the Joker is such because they all have their own co names. Yep. That's great. It's based on the yeah. Oh, Jesus oh Christ. I love so much game. about this game. I love. Um, but yeah, so you ultimately find out that Eagle is an Eagle. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a trick. Yep. And you're just like, fuck! I knew his voice sounded different, but right. I, was, I was like, I don't know. Maybe they changed voices. The game's been in development so long. Who knows? And also, too, they hadn't like the original voice actor in the Japanese version. In the Japanese version, okay. Wow. But like, that's still like that's enough for me to make me go, oh, maybe they just changed voice actors. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, maybe it's just like they're going in a different. Change regards, but it's a very big difference. But after a while, you just sort of forget about it. Yeah, because yeah. like while you interact with him, like it's it's never enough. Makes you go, oh, what's, what's this guy up to? You see, he's yeah. just doing regular stuff. So yep. you're like, all right, sure, Igor's he's just got different teaching voice. you all the things. Like, Whatever. Oh, cool. Yep. And he turns on you, and you're like, whoa, and. So, you all get erased, and then you eventually 
you come back. You're all you're in the cell mm-hmm. in, in 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 the velvet room. The, the velvet room. The velvet prison. I guess. The velvet the prison. Room. Yeah. And you get you walk out of your cell and you get to go around and you find all your allies in their cells and they've all got dialogue. Yep. And, oh. It's just it's so great. I love this game. This I love this game so, so much. I I will always love this game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's my favorite Persona game. Even though I've only played two technically, like two mainline ones. Oh, it's, it's the probably best. it's definitely if not my favorite it's one of my favorite jrpgs it's just yeah. so good and i think oh my god Karen, we haven't even talked about the gameplay as well no like, the gameplay the ui and the ui is just the soundtrack oozes style everything about this game oozes style and it looks if you were to look at this on paper i remember the first time i saw it i was like whoa there's a lot going on here i don't know if this is going to be how this is going to work it works seamlessly um like the fact that all like your attacks and and moves and things are mapped to face buttons instead of going through menus is brilliant. I think all JRPGs should do that. And they're starting to. And I think yeah, you're right. I think like Casino Blade has a similar thing where yeah. a lot of the attacks are on face buttons, and to change attacks, you basically switch your blades. So yep. yeah, it makes sense. And it, it just streamlines streamlines the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes it feel more interactive. But you're not like just set, selecting menu, dirt, go, cool. But on another level, Joel, like it also, the gameplay itself rewarded you for investing time with your confidants, with your social links, because yep. particular characters would give you buffs. Mm-hmm. Like, man, don't sleep on any of them. Try to get them all as high yeah. as you can. The, the Futaba sho- especially. Futaba. And then there's like the other outside characters, like the Shoji girl. Yes, she's She's great. amazing to do. Uh, the fortune teller's handy as well. She's I really just, great. All I can think of is how many clutch saves Futaba got with oh, her ultimate shield, yes. especially against the boss at the very yes. end. Yes, and it's like, like when you when was it Futaba one who gave you the ability to like switch out a passed out person with, or was that the show? The I Shoji think that girl? might be the Shoji girl or the fortune teller. It's one Maybe. of those. Yeah, either way, that's again so useful because typically in a Persona game, if your party wipes, that's it, you're yep. out. Yep. This you one's just, like not just swap them out. It's fine. And you're just like cycling through characters and. Oh my god! And like the gun, the gun, like the, the, the hold up, like Br- you could, bringing oh. back guns from the earlier Persona games was mm-hmm. great, and making them balanced by giving them a bullet count per encounter, so yep. you couldn't just because sometimes it's a weak deports, but you yep. couldn't always exploit that for an immediate like follow up attack. Exactly. So it sort of balanced that out. And yeah, as you said, you could hold them up, and that's how you they brought back demon negotiations yep. from again the earlier Persona games and Vishin Megami Tensei parent series, and just the little things like trying to read. The dialogue after you get an idea, like trying to get an idea of a demon's personality exactly, and picking and the like right things. Knowing, yeah, like starting to get a feel for what, what, like, it was what hard kind of at first, like, what, yeah. yeah, you sort of catch on a bit. It's never, it's never completely easy, I don't think, but I think it's just the right level of like, all right, I'm paying attention, so I, I can sort of sleuth out what he wants, this demon wants me to say. Yeah. Oh. I just, I mean, this game is just the fucking best and I love it so much. But, I mean, after battles, you get. Probably my favorite, one of my favorite songs in the game, which is the victory battle, the battle victory music. I well, fucking it's love really it. It's good, but I almost eternally in my head, I've got like the Beneath the Mask song from Beneath like the mask, from yeah. the Rainy Nights, oh, the slow down version. So chill. Just, it makes me so happy. And then like, there's like Rivers in the Desert and Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There, which is like the, the theme song. Change your life. Change. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Um, like, Shoji Magaru is a goddamn genius. Um, I've just, I just want to go play Persona now. I do. I, I want to, I need to go. I don't have time. We, we're, 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 we're potentially on the, the cusp of hearing information about the, the anime. anime. And I'm so ready for that. 
I would if you can't make the time for Persona Five. It's a hundred yep. hour game for it was Absolutely. for me at least. Like, yeah, it was about hundred. Mine was one hundred and nineteen on the dot. For me, it was so long because I know you can like skip travel, but man, just walking through those streets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can't make time, I I can't say for sure. I don't know how good it'll be, but there will be a Persona Five animation that starts presumably this year. Yes, I would honestly recommend checking that out yeah. because if it it'll tell the story of one of, of the best game this year, our favorite game. It's our favorite game, hands down. And that, the story in that game is it was engaging from start to finish to me. It had so many great plot twists and lovable characters a setting hateable out. bad guys hateable bad guys yeah easily hateable bad guys and like great stakes as well like the, the stakes were very high especially towards the end like man seeing that that number of like followers drop oh the follower system yeah as you were disappearing yeah as, as i stopped believing in the fandom feed exactly and it was like oh oh and never forget the way the, the game just suction into the characters so that you you're so invested that when morgana leaves and you're like what or ryuji almost dies yeah, when, Ryu, when the fake out ryuji death happens i was like no i was in tears i was like, like this is oh because persona 4 it didn't really do that it had the nanako thing at the end but even then like nanako was it was crushing it was crushing. that was yeah but, but she wasn't you she hadn't was spent a, a lot of time with her she was a side cast exactly persona great side cast but yeah side cast on the persona 3 kills a character and it does it in such a way where you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can recover from this. And just like the stuff that happens in that scene is incredible. So I was like, I was like, they could kill, have they killed Ryuji? They could do it. They've done it in the past. And the way that he go, he like would have gone it's out. It's a Ryuji way to go. It's super Ryuji and it's fucking unreal. Then he survives and you're just like, thank. Cause like, and it makes you wait. Cause you, oh, yeah. you end up back in the real world and you're like, where's Ryuji? And then where's they're all Ryuji? talking, going, where, where is he? Like, oh my God, he's not here. And they start mourning him. And then he's he just rocks. fucking shows up because he's an asshole. Because he's in his Oh my God t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. But I love, I. that was one of my favorite parts about, weirdly about going to Japan was because this game is set in Tokyo and it's set in like Shinjuku and and um, Shibuya and all that sort of stuff. Like, I remember going to Shibuya Crossing for the first time. And walking in Shibuya Station, and it was under it was under um, construction at the time I was there, so there was a lot of ro- like maintenance work going on, so it wasn't as good. But I remember coming up the stairs at one point and going, "I know where I am, I know exactly where I am." And I looked, I was like, oh, before I looked, I was like, "There should be a lottery place over there," and there was a fucking lottery <laughs> to like ticket booth over there, and I was like, "And then there's Hitchinko, and then there's oh my god, it's the same like." I don't know if I linked it to you. I think I did. But like, you can track down an incredible post on Kotaku. Yeah. Where they track down locations from Persona. Like that laundromat near where you live. Yes, I have seen that. You can go there. That's a place where there's a, there's a hot, there's a spa, like a hot a, a sauna. Yep. And a laundromat right there next to it. It's like, this is a real place. Like they took such care in crafting this world, but they took so much inspiration from where it's set. It's just... Persona it's 5 is so game of the good. year. It is game just of the game year. of the year. Like, above and beyond. And I mean, like... It's we my like, favourite PS4 game, easily. Yep. It's... Like, oh, it's my it's my favourite JRPG. It's one of my favourite video games of all time. Absolutely. Hands down. It is just... Oh, boy, Karen. I'm all worked up now. I'm all... I'm all... I'm all hopped up on that Persona 5 goodness. On that, oh, it came out in, like, what was it? April? Yeah. And it's... March? April? It's like I mean, most years it's so rare for a game to come out that early in the year and be like, no, this is 
this year was almost only that. Yeah, exactly. Like everything was because like... the stuff that came out inside of here just, it just first of all, it was long. It was pretty long. Persona was long, mm. but it, it stuck with you as well. Oh, I, I, I I think about it constantly. I just I love it so. The much. soundtrack is always going on my phone. Yep. I just I adore it. I adore it so much. And... Find a way to consume Persona 5 whether yeah. it's by the anime that's coming out if you buy the game if you check out the manga that started I think mm-hmm. recently in Japan if you can like track down some like a walkthrough of someone playing it like if you want to watch yeah. a stream of someone playing it even though Atlas will probably be wagging their finger going yeah, no no don't play this past this date even though heaps of people have done it it's not... and it's only really YouTubers that are getting stuff yeah. like if you Twitch stream it there seems to be not much you know backlash from Atlas I guess <sighs> if you upload it to YouTube apparently they'll be like nah pulling it down which is bullshit whatever but to be fair though, playing that final battle against the god, pulling the trigger on that gun, right. P- fighting Shido when Rivers in the Desert is playing, oh. when that song kicks in against Shido, I was like, "All right, this oh. is it. This is the final boss. Let's do it." That song, that song could nearly sing it. Like I love, like Nero Tomino has my favorite soundtrack of the year because yep. of that credit song. Yep, and the entire soundtrack. But Rivers in the Desert is nearly good enough in my eyes to be like, "Yeah, but." Fuck that Nero Tomino soundtrack. What about Rivers in the Desert? Oh. It's not, but it's so close because Rivers in the Desert is so good. There's so much great music in that game. So much great vocal music as well. Like, yes. I just... It's the highlight of any Persona game, bro. Like, oh, Getting sure. that soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Like, which I have a copy of now. I have a physical copy of my Persona soundtrack. It was so fulfilling to get the Persona 5 soundtrack and go, oh, add the vocal tracks in my playlist of Persona 3 and 4 vocal tracks. Mm-hmm. Expand it and it's just... It's just incredible. But yeah, like pulling the trigger on that gun. Yes, at the end. That god gun and just blowing it to smithereens was... Oh, I think I actually stood up and was like fist pumping. And uh, it was honestly... That god I, killed me at first because I got caught. Same, same, yeah. I tried to attack with like a, a an attack that he deflected back at me and just wiped out my last team member. I was like, well... Because he was on low health and I was like, I can get him. I don't need to heal. I can get him. Nope, I nope. needed to heal. Yep. He got me with his best attack, and I was like, whoa, looking mistake. I got to that point at about four in the morning, and I was like, well, that's 40 minutes gone, and I'm like, I can't go to bed now. I think I, I, by 7 a.m. I'd finished it, and I was like, so glad I don't have to work today, because I've got to bed now. But yeah, I pulled an all-nighter finishing that game, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. All the stuff, and we haven't, we haven't even talked about some of the stuff we just don't have time to talk about, like <laughs> even the, the intricacies of Futaba's Palace. Wow, and her her entire backstory, yeah, and all the stuff as we uh, we briefly mentioned earlier with Sai Nijima as like <sighs> investigating you, and you've got to sort of oh my, and and that battle with the with the roulette. This, oh, so, there's man. there's some interesting boss mechanics in this game. There is. There's such great. Oh my god, I just I love it. I love Sonic Five. It's I love great. it. Game I, of year. I think I'm broken now. About I'm just sort of like gonna be keep saying I love Persona Five. I love Persona Five. Um, and if you've been listening to us all year, you probably knew this was coming. It's been you an probably ama- did see it coming, unlike the song from the battle music in Persona Five, which I never got sick of hearing. Oh no, no, God no! I think there's a video online of someone like just breaking down to it. Oh man, it's so good. That's, my, that's me every day. When that song kick, when, when that song kicks in as you're going in on the palace on the final day. Oh perfect, yes, perfect. This game is that guitar riff. I love. Oh, I'll be thinking about this game for years to come. Yep. Me too. And in each RPG I play in the future, I'm like, but Persona 5. This is the benchmark from <laughs> now on. Like, it, honestly, it's the benchmark for JRPGs. Um, and what and, a way to sort of bring JRPGs back into the mainstream light. Like, Persona 5 has gotten so much attention this year. It was nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Like, that's... It won Best RPG, which I guess is a 
a category it should win, but yeah, exactly. But it's just cool to see. It's it's in conversations, and I love and, that in the West, especially. Like, yeah, Persona, Japan love it, but Persona Three and Four never really were. I don't think Persona Four maybe when Golden came out, but whereabouts like Four was yeah, but even then it was it was still re- reasonably unex- inaccessible because it was on the Vita. Yes, and not a lot of people had the Vita. And that was the only reason you should probably buy a Vita is to play Persona Four Gold. It's true, um, but yeah, this one being on like the the best selling console at the time, as well as PS3, it was on both PS4. Uh, yeah, exactly. PS3. Like you know, so covering the bases, and that's a, it looks gorgeous. It still looks amazing because the style holds up, and it the UI is great, and the red and black color palette. Oh, uh, yeah. I think we have to wrap this up otherwise we're we going to go around in a circle saying how much we love this game but so, Persona 5 by Atlas is our game of the year it is it's 2017 <laughs> there was no options game of the it year was, it was set in stone for it, a long time oh. there were moments playing Zelda playing Nier playing Mario yep. where I was like maybe yeah. but when it all comes down to it Persona 5 was just the best thing I played all year I, it was and just I'm still having these excited conversations with you weekly daily I like message you about Persona 5 so in some way, shape, or form. I'll just I'll just like post gifs on Twitter. I'm like, remember episode of five, man? Yep. And between, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, like, uh, like, I'll get one from you, and I'm like, yeah, and I'll have a conversation with you. And then five minutes later, I'll get a message from Lauren from OK Games. She's like, fucking, how good's Persona Five? I'm like, it's the best. And then it's off again. Like, hmm. Persona Five never dies; it lives forever. Yep. <laughs> in our hearts, never forget taken. I also by the fan of Thieves. I kind of appreciated that the ending wasn't as like cut off as the other ones as well like yep. Persona 4 and Persona 3 is especially <laughs> but Persona 4 like the way it ends off with you catching the train and, and like waving goodbye to your like, friends oh, like, I hope and, and you're like you're ready in Persona 5 you're like alright here we go I'm gonna say goodbye to my friends not nah, they road trip back with you you steal a van yeah <laughs> and then you're fan of thieves so screw it whatever it's fine yeah so yeah. that's the least that's the, the least criminal thing you've done I think, and you just go then. on a road trip back to oh it's just great it was, you stand, it was you stand out in the, in, the, in the fucking sunroof and just stand out and stick your head and well the amazing credits music players beautiful anyway you're right we should probably wrap this up Persona 5 is our game of the year it was it was coming it was never going to be anything yep. else it was always going to be here play it read it watch mm. it just somehow consume this game in any way you can and you'll you'll meet some of the best characters all year yep if you don't Shed, shed tears and, and feel like laugh out loud and oh, I salute you my best anime friends <laughs> beautiful beautiful Atlas you are crazy geniuses and I just I love you so much <sighs> worth, a, worth the wait worth the wait indeed alright okay let's wrap this up Joel. Take Should we, do you want to do a quick recap of our list actually actually that's not a bad idea okay do you All want right. to go first I'll go first so from the bottom up yep my top 10 was Resident Evil 7 Uh number 10 number 9 was What Remains of Edith Finch Mm -hmm. number yeah number 8 Metroid Samus Returns number 7 Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice number 6 Yakuza 0 number 5 Doki Doki Literature Club number 4 Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild number 3 Super Mario Odyssey Number two, Near Automata, and number one, Persona Five. Fantastic, good list, good oh. list. Uh, so mine from ten to one were number ten, Horizon Zero Dawn, number nine, Metroid: Samus Returns, number eight, Battle Chef Brigade, number seven, Golf Story, number six, Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus, number five, Doki Doki Literature Club, 
Number four, Mario, Super Mario Odyssey. Number three, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number two, Nier Automata. And of course, number one, Persona 5. Best anime friends for life. So many cuts, Joel. Oh, uh, we were going to like speed so list many. off some other games. We just don't have time now. I don't think we do. So we yeah. might have to include that in our next thing. Yes. Where yep. we kill our way through the best games of 2017. Yeah. So we can mention and talk about those games. We can. Before we brutally murder them. Yeah, and feel guilty for it. Yeah, so look forward to that in, uh, in a little while. But, uh... <laughs> Until then, I guess we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, if you've reached <laughs> this point. Thanks for listening to us talk about each of our 10 favorite games this year. It's been a hell of a year for 20, like 2017. Best year in gaming since I don't remember when. Yeah. Like, I don't remember a year it's been this good. Yep. Since all all platforms, I guess maybe except Microsoft, and I feel bad for I feel bad for singling them out. We're not shit posting or anything. It's just no. it's just a fact. Like it's just the like as far as firing all cylinders go. Like Sony just has the Japanese support as their exclusives, and Nintendo is just making the best games they can. Yep. Nintendo's and just going fuck it. Let's do it. let's go let's do a live. Let's go. I have every bit of belief that Microsoft will pick up their game next year because One X is doing well. One S was a great decision. See if Thieves come up in March, but this year it was just, it almost felt like the Sony and Nintendo show. Yeah. I, it just, uh, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, our, our tastes sort of show that in our list as well. Of course. Um, but I mean, if you look at a list of like the exclusive for Xbox One, it's like, okay. Had Halo Wars. Technically had Cuphead, I guess. Yeah, Cuphead. Cuphead. But you could play Horizon PC. 3, which but I'm sad about. Thing, a lot Actually, of no, game. that wasn't even... Forza Horizon 7, which was not great, apparently. Forza Horizon 7, huh? Forza 7. Forza Motorsport 7. <laughs> Fucking that with, one. With their loot boxes. Ooh. And your driver tiles. Yeah. In the cloud. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, man. yeah, 2017 was great, and we really appreciate you reaching this point in the podcast and listening to us. We hope you play Persona 5 or get it in your body somehow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care how at this point. Same for Neurotomino and every game on his yeah. list. Even Just crush it up, up the nose, or maybe don't veins. don't do don't do that. Don't physically do or that. Or if you like, do it, like don't say we told you to do it. Metaphorically do that, maybe. I How don't do you know. metaphorically do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. We've literally watched the sun go down as we've it's been true. recording this. <laughs> it's true, and we could still talk more, but we'll we could. We'll, we'll cut it here. Uh, if you want to follow us on the social medias, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, where we are just dialogue options. Uh, if you want to drop us a cheeky review or some stars or some thumbs on any podcast platform of choice you listen to us on, we appreciate it. Sharing us around is also much appreciated. Yes. Uh, we also passed a big old 2K Yay! this week. We're a big boy now. We are. Took us, it only took us like a year and a half. That's not bad. We're, we're 2K. <sighs> Maybe we can get Pez to community managers. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a super in joke there. Yeah, wow. What happens when we get past 2K, though? That's just that. No, sorry. Sorry, mate. Yeah. It's, it's a joke. So now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to follow us individually on social media, you can find me on Twitter at LemonManX, where I, don't, I haven't been very active because it's been Christmas and I've just been angry most of December. Yep. But uh, it's over now for me and I'll be back. I'll be As back are. tweeting. Oh, wait, no, I did have my really long chain of just Dragon Ball Fighters gifts. Nice. Because that game is so good looking I don't know how it does it and it's coming out in a month look forward to me talking about that for like a full week please be excited please be excited for me playing Dragon Ball Fighters uh, where can I find you Joel you can find me at Jolly Mac where I've been tweeting a whole bunch about Star Wars um, it's, the conversa- it's a conversation yep. right now we don't even have time for that but there's a tweet that I retweeted that was uh, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon equals Pocket Monster 
Pac-Man equals Packet Manster. So I'll leave you with that one. <laughs> wow. That was a good one. Great. That's a great way to send off 2017, Joel. Packet Manster. Packet Manster. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, I guess until... I guess our next episode will be next year at this point. Probably, yeah. Uh, so we'll let a wonderful theme song by Azure Flux Strike, which is Get Bitches Take Us Out. And we'll see you guys in the new year for a new year of our pile of shame building up once again. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, we should have that.